I wanted to say something at the top of the show. Just when you thought that perhaps we were done with Fear of the Walking Dead, I just wanted to say one thing, and I'll, I'll be inserting this in the show, is that we have at least one observation and one tie-in to the current events of The Walking Dead. And I just wanted to say that off the top of the show because uh, when we get to it, I'll insert it when, when necessary. Okay, okay. This and, is news to me. Yeah, and with that, I will, while I... <laughs> <laughs> While I get my notes up, I'm going to hand this over to Carol. Do you know why I'm handing this over to you? And it's extra special. Because you know I'm super excited and pumped about this episode. That's reason one. Reason two. Because <laughs> there's no intro. That's reason two. Reason three. <laughs> Is <laughs> that we haven't know. heard from you in a week. I know. I know. But I've come back stronger than ever. Oh, did you, say, did you say strong? <laughs> stronger. Stronger than ever. Full of energy. <laughs> You, you got the dig, right? You got the... Because strong. strong. You want to be stronger? Oh, God. No. No. no we're not going to go there. Not, oh, my God. It took me a second. I was like... So precious. No. No. We're not doing that. No. no I'm excited. I, I, I was very apprehensive going into this premiere. I mean, I was excited. I mean, you know I was excited about it. Yeah. But you I were also just... Was, you couldn't handle it. Oh, my God. I could barely contain myself. But at the same time, I wasn't sure how it was going to be or... Or like, is it going to be, you know, kind of slow going, you know, because it's, you know, obviously having to set up or doing the time jump, all that kind of stuff. But no, man, we got like right into it. And I honestly like, I, you know, I, I obviously watched the episode a couple of times, almost three times, actually, because, um, you know, my husband, he was like, oh, I'd love to be a guest in your podcast. I'm like, well, you know, you have to watch it first. You know, I, I would and definitely. So, he, he's actually a pretty good speaker, too. He is a pretty good speaker. And I just told him that the prerequisite the, is to, you know, watch the episode. So uh, basically... <laughs> she hasn't is that what's going on no because he's an early to bed early to rise kind of person and i'm a uh, night owl so like you know i watched it when it came on live at nine and i watched talking dead afterwards and then i re-watched it later and took notes so like mm-hmm. i just kind of was like balls to the wall on sunday you know but basically you know with him like i mean we always record it anyway on dvr so he'll usually watch it like maybe the next day in the morning or something so he was watching it like while we were setting up like he's been watching it <laughs> i was like well, you get caught up on one episode one and, you know, you, you can always come on and, and contribute once you're fully informed. Yeah, it's like, why don't you call me, you know, when, you, when you're better uh, acclimated? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> come on, buddy. But I almost was going to watch it a third time because he was watching it and I was like, oh man, we got to get set up. But I just enjoyed it that much. I really enjoyed it. And when I was writing notes, I realized how much substance there was in this episode. Like oh. it wasn't like filler. You know what Packed. I mean? It's like a lot, a lot of information. Yeah, so, I would almost almost even wager a guess that in, in, it's almost too packed mm. I would say not not that that's a bad thing for people like us right <laughs> because right. we'll rewatch things take notes and then we'll realize oh wow they're giving us a lot of information in a short period yes, of time yes I mean I have pages of notes I mean it's yeah it's a lot but I mean it's good I mean it's 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 great and I kind of I again you know I'm the person that comes with from the comic book background so there were aspects part of the reason that I was kind of entering the season a little sort of like oh let's see how this goes is because of the death of Carl in you know this past season season 8 that really kind of threw things 
for a wrench. And I was like, well, how are you they really going to do this or that or whatever? Because I knew Carl was an integral, an integral part of like the events that kind of transpire. So when I was watching this episode, I was sort of like, ah, okay, I see why this happened because since there's no Carl, we had to kind of remix a little things in order to get from point A to point B. So right. I, it, it started all coming together and making sense and all of that. But um, yeah, it was, I thought it was a very solid episode and a good start to basically kind of like come in and make a point. I think Angela King not, knocked it out of the ballpark. I think, you know, if you want to say that Maggie Ree made a statement, Angela King made a statement, like very clear statement of like, okay, this is new beginning. This is how we're starting off. And, you know, it's going to be a great story. So I mean, I, I hope, I think that the reviews by and large were very positive. So um, I don't think the ratings were great, but I'm hopeful that because the reviews have been so um, positive that it'll entice more people to come because, I mean, I know certain um, certain reviewers that are very uh, critical of The Walking Dead and they've been very, very positive. So, which tells me that, um, you know, that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd heard about the reviewers as well and how, but also how the ratings were actually really low. Right, as right. Well. At least the TV ratings. I'm not sure. Again, they they did this knowing full well that the on-demand streaming, and then just to let you know, like my cable provider, I, and I may have mentioned this, but my cable provider does not have the videos on demand as quickly as they used to, mm, at least for yeah, AMC I, shows. No, you're right because I remember actually when I used to live in New York, it was the same. Like there was a lull between the time of whenever it aired and when it was actually on demand. Sometimes like a couple of days. I mean, at most a day. Like, but you know, but now it's been kind of like, man, I've had to like wait three or four. Days. I mean, oh, sometimes wow. a week, I think. Oh, man. Well, because when I was reviewing the last few uh, episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, I was like, oh, f- forget this. I have to go to my computer. I have to do this, which is not that bad, but I kind of like the ability to just kind of whip out yeah. my phone, take a few notes yeah. in front of the big screen. You know, yeah. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. No, that's, wow. We're that's living crazy. our best life, but yes. and yet our cable provider doesn't want us to. What's the deal with that, Carol? What's the deal? Do you, have, do you have Comcast? No. I have Spectrum. I'm going to blow, I'm going to blow that up. We're not making money. We're not going to get sued no no we're not making money no uh i will say you know verizon bios is uh pretty hands down pretty damn fabulous like i i tell people your words assault in my wounds i i've told people when i'm down here it's like well you know when i used to live in new york i had verizon bios and they're like oh man i mean not that we have crappy service now i mean we have um what is it comcast whatever um which is fine you know it's good like I, i can't you know lie it's it's good. The thing is that I find that Verizon BIOS organized their channels in a way that was more conducive to you finding things. Whereas yeah. like here, it's just, there's not as much rationale as why you'd have to go by, I don't know, Playboy to get to PBS. Like it makes no sense. There's no logic whatsoever. <laughs> to get to Playboy. Seriously. Yeah. So basically like, I don't even bother with that crap. I'm like, I don't flip. Like I just basically, you know, okay. Well, the, the nice thing is that it has like the voice features you're just talking to your remote and be like oh PBS oh AMC or whatever and then it just goes to it so I don't even know what channels you know my numbers yeah are. that's why that's why you need like a tech guy like like Eddie to program your favorites yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah not that it, 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 look, as much as you you want to say that it's a guy and a girl thing, it's it's the guys they get obsessed over like the yeah. phone you have. They get o- obsessed over the TV channels and the quality oh, of the video. Yeah, I get frustrated because sometimes I just didn't want anybody to call me out. By the way, so, no, <laughs> so it's no, it's, no, it's not. It's it's a hundred percent true because I mean, look, as long as the TV works and there's a remote control, I get frustrated when sometimes like Eddie puts something else on and it's through some other streaming service and it corresponds to one of the four other remotes. 
remotes? And I'm like, I don't know. There's four remote controls. Which one is it? Like, I don't, I don't know which input. I don't know. HDMI one, two, three. Yeah. All right. Tell them so, the, these exact words. Tell them you got to get that magic remote, son. And just leave the room after you say after you say that. You'd be like, wait, wait, what, what's that? What is that? Um, don't even say yeah, ask I, Dave. Just say, just leave. I, I just basically, I, that's basically when I call and say like, can you help me change the channel back to the cable? <laughs> <laughs> back onto the cable. Do the cable for me and then leave because I'm watching the show. My level of technology is DVR. It's like, okay, let me set this DVR up. Okay, everything is ready. It's recording. Woo! It's my level of excitement. <laughs> it's very exciting. Uh, I didn't yes. have DVR in New York, so. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I, you know, I, I still don't have DVR. I'm like, I'm like still like hold. I'm like that last holdout, like where I'm hoping to skip DVR technology and just go straight to on demand. You know, thinking mm-hmm. everything's on demand, and I'm mostly right. But then I lost FiOS when I moved from Greenpoint to uh, South Slope. Oh. So like now I'm with Spectrum and it's kind of like they're they're on demand. You can't even save your favorite shows. So it's kind of like I have to manually remember what I mean. This is like the most first world problem ever. It's like, oh, I have to remember the shows I'm watching on demand. Very first world problem. Oh, my God, Bethy. It's like me complaining about something that I'm recording on my DVR. (laughs) Exactly. Get over it. I mean, oh, and I was going to say the great. See, the great British British baking show. That would have been a cool thing to make fun of somebody about. But then that's on Netflix. So that that actually counters my point so yeah it doesn't work anti-dvr it's like it's like next level dvr uh netflix i know so um back to the show Um, yeah so the first thing i kind of wanted to get so i wanted to kind of go in order um there are points yeah. in which i kind of combined things where uh-huh. I, I kept the con- continuity flowing and then places where i deliberately like switched off because they're pseudo significant yes um but the first things first first is um it's the thoughts on uh so what did you think about andrew lincoln's intro into the episode i thought that was kind of cool i did too i did too i thought it was kind of cool because it kind of reminded me of like an old timer telling like the youngins like you know everything they went through and how we got to where we are today i like that i like that approach i like this whole western sort of feel this is how it used to be son (laughs) yeah i i I like it it's the walking deadwood you know that's as somebody put it yep yeah i like it i definitely like it. i think it was on on, on the walking talking talking dead dead, yeah who said that out loud was that um maybe it was hardwick might have been hardwick i think it was hardwick actually yeah could could be it might as well have been but yeah well he's a big deadwood fan anyway he mentioned that yeah so i think yeah i think it makes sense but no i i liked it i liked that a lot and then you know just kind of getting that old west vibe and the spiked wooden gates and a new alexandria sign the solar panels and the windmill i thought it was awesome it was, it was very cool very cool intro opening but i did like his little recap and i did like i mean i knew obviously like i remembered everything that happened but i thought it was a nice clean little synopsis of showing us like you know everything that they went through without necessarily like showing what happened to Glenn and Abraham I'm like well please let's not go back to that you know so I thought it was good oh yeah god yeah it's it's a pretty clean way to kind of sum up the cleanest way you pro- probably could sum up the last two seasons right <laughs> To mm-hmm. be fair. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I think I liked it too. Um, I think part of it's a little creepy though too, because like I think the one thing that that I don't know whose decision it was to kind of just make the um the intro to the season kind of like keep emphasizing. Oh, Andrew Lincoln's leaving. You know, Andrew Lincoln's leaving, right? Well, Andrew Lincoln's <laughs> leaving. If yeah, you forgot that Andrew Lincoln's leaving, here's the intro where that? Andrew Lincoln is speaking the intro. <laughs> what do you think about that? So you know to miss him. I think it's a little annoying, especially since part of what I'm thinking is, and I may have mentioned. 
this I may not have is that I, I have the, I've been saying to people on Instagram what I've been feeling about Rick uh, what's going to happen to Rick and I don't think it's a death I don't think it's a death either and that's what make thing, makes things a little bit more annoying because it's kind of like well the way we they're framing this leaving. is that it's definitely he's happening leaving, but he's not dying we didn't say he's dying he's leaving yeah well we didn't say anything about that I'm like well okay mm-hmm. but the, but then why make that your why not make it about the story why not make it about the show why maybe maybe they're just trying to get ahead of it and I mean and just sort of like okay well we know that it's happening so then let's just sort of like go with it or whatever or it could also be like a marketing honestly sort of thing like okay well like to draw on people who are, aren't watching the show basically so drawing people and see like okay because people are going to tune in just to see like how this happens how is it going to happen when is it going to happen you know that sort of thing possibly yeah like i guess so maybe and, and since it's only like what like five episodes i think yeah it is? i think he, i think he's eliminated in episode five eliminated eliminated like the terminator yeah <laughs> Gosh, um, Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Now, all right. So Alexandria's new look. Yes. So far, so good. It's looking pretty like full. It. Yep. Yeah. Because like, I mean, I, I noticed that they, they kind of filled it out. They repaired the walls. There's a yes. water bridge. Yeah. I think the sign that, is new. By the way, I think if I'm not mistaken, yeah, the sign is definitely new. Oh yeah, because their their old one was kind of uh, brick and mortar. <laughs> it was kind of like uh, basic. Well, and it was ominous. It was like, um, yeah, the mercy for the weak, vengeance for the plunderers and stuff. Actually, do you remember what? Their their sign said the Alexandria sign. I didn't. Really I think that's what it said. I think it's, that's what it said. The new one. Oh no, the new one just said "Welcome to Alexandria." Okay, okay, yeah. That was it. I know I didn't record that. I record everything. Um, <laughs> one thing that I okay. So do you remember Noah? I yes. Think, I think he mentioned way back that the the water would do well to have like those walking like floating bridges. If I'm not Did mistaken, he? Really? when he was talking to Deanna's husband, hmm. I, I didn't write this down even. But like I remember as as I'm panning through it in my mind, I'm like, oh wait, didn't Noah say something? about this because he had plans for Alexandria too mm. so it, this may I'll, we'll go back but I, I think it would be a good thing to kind of I don't want to think about Noah his death was one of the worst oh god yeah well don't think about the death think about how he lived I got <laughs> he didn't live all that much yeah I know yeah that's that's what kind of makes it worse because you saw the whole thing is that they built up the potential of Alexandria th- that's through what they Noah all the time all the time and then they, they ripped his the I mean, yeah well actually they ripped his face <laughs> off oh. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought I'd get more pleasure from making you squirm, but like, I in the end, it's kind of like a backfire effect. You remember, and you're like, oh, like no. I, I think like, you said that that was one of the worst. You that ever was one of the worst you. that I ever thought. Yep, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, just it's it's oh. like it's like when you try to shoot somebody, you just shoot yourself in the face. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. Or when you point the finger at one person, yeah. you you're pointing three five finger, fingers, four fingers back. back at you. Right back, right back at you. Yep. Be bitch. Um, saying. Yes, solar panels, batteries, windmills, powering mm-hmm. things. It's Alexandria's. You get the impression that Alexandria's kind of living a little large. Yeah, they, the they've way. rebuilt. They, they've rebuilt. And back in Bethlehem, they did have solar panels before, though, right? Yeah. I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They've got a system down. <laughs> <laughs> but boy, do they ever. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think that of that scene with, uh, with Judith? Judith was Michonne. It Judith? Was painting. it Judith or baby Gracie? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I- 
Wait no, a minute. I, I know, where, I know. Where is I, baby I, I'm Gracie? Just, I'm just throwing that out there. I firmly do believe that that's Judith. But, but yeah. the little, but the the cynical, dark-hearted person that I am is like, wait a second, is that baby Gracie though? <laughs> yeah, but but it does beg the question: Where is baby Gracie? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, I, I think that she's just part of like their bursting society. To be honest, I think that she's fine, Gracie. Personally, I just kind of like I, I briefly thought that, and then I just kind of moved on. Mm. I think that I think that they're a little family is cute you know like you have judith like drawing their little family and this person and that person and you know so you know they they seem to have their little unit down it's good all right all right i got my eye on you but yeah but now that you mentioned it it was kind of like because you know i was probably going to mention it too (laughs) like like, where's baby gracie oh yeah you sure that's not baby gracie you sure that's not baby gracie i didn't hear anybody say judith (laughs) yeah exactly but that does get me a little nervous but also it would make me kind of like like she should be there what's up with that will we see her i think we will i think we will yeah i but then again all this talk about andrew lincoln his last episode is like okay maybe they'll put that off for a little while maybe they'll make baby gracie magically disappear to support Mm -hmm. a more bloodthirsty you know to kind of keep her out of what may happen down the road or what will happen probably Mm -hmm. yeah the whisperer Oh, gosh. Um, oh yeah so one thing about just after that scene and I, I like to I, I marked this down because it's kind of interesting to me is the whole murder of crows thing mm, okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, you remember when we were walking through the teaser and I mentioned the murder of crows and the one thing that was that was that I mentioned was yeah that's that's what you call a flock of crows it's like a murder right well yes yes, yes that yes, was yes. a shit ton of crows flying in the air and that was yeah. even though like they were like looking up in Marvel I was mm-hmm. kind of looking up and being like oh this is scary this is ominous right now because this yeah. you know this doesn't just mean yeah. what it means yeah no definitely no Carol, you're right you, you know what it is <laughs> so harken back so here's what I did I actually okay. looked up whether like, flocking crows like is a is like a normal thing and here's what came up this is not a flock of seagulls no no this is a flock of, this is like the goth version of flock of seagulls <laughs> Ma- many types of crows are solitary but they will often forage in groups others stay in large groups a group a group of crows is called a murder. When one crow dies, the murder will will surround the deceased. Oh, you, you listen to this? I am. I'm listening to it. It's interesting. This funeral isn't to mourn the dead, though. The crows <laughs> gather together to find out what killed their member. Then, the murder of crows will band together and chase predators in a behavior called mobbing. <laughs> but but that's the thing. So that, that first part is very, I wouldn't say very prescient, but I think it's, it ties in really well mm-hmm. to what's going on uh, in this episode. Mm-hmm. Because of you know who gets murdered or I guess not murdered but it's the idea of somebody being put down mm-hmm. and then the the murder will surround the deceased you know and the funeral isn't to mourn the dead but find out who did it mm-hmm. so and, and it's called mobbing so interesting so you know when you when you look at the end of the episode which we'll get to it kind of ties in and I could see how easily that could play into what's going on in this episode hmm. right mm-hmm. and the, the beginning part is just a foreshadowing interesting yeah uh, okay so yeah you could quickly find so you f- you quickly find out a lot of things i mean you find yeah. out a- already that the sanctuary is just like the only thing that they can do is make ethanol right and they can't even make enough of that to keep everybody going and and it, and it comes up later but it, i thought it was a very good point
point and, and well thought out writing. Again, kudos to Angela King. Woohoo! Um, but at one point later on, when they are in the sanctuary, Daryl and Rick are talking, and Daryl mentions about how you know the, the fact you know this this is a factory. You know the sanctuary was was former factory, and this this doesn't grow. It's not able to to sustain life and grow things. That's why Negan had people do his bidding for him because he knew that it's, the land just wasn't capable of it. So I thought it was very interesting because you know when I thought about it, I was like, well, that does make sense. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the way Negan set this all up. You have to think about how what the sanctuary is. It's the sanctuary. It's really mm-hmm. just a place for people to be safe. His mm-hmm. whole shtick was saving people. Mm-hmm. So that was the emphasis and priority of the place. It wasn't really to like to like right like you said like farm or produce anything really. But like the best they could do was shop their wares in the on the floor and you know giving the higher ups a grab bag and you know and other people a purpose like just you know taking count of their wares and their scraps and all that stuff that they can sell to other people for their I guess uh, like credits. I mean I guess is what they like a credit system right other than the higher ups who could just take whatever they want yeah yeah true yeah so so yeah so it's it's really interesting it's really interesting carol mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah i'm just i'm just chatting with uh eye in the dark too on instagram Ooh, at least we're still yeah. connected there <laughs> What does he so? Ha- what does he have to say? By the way, I feel very embarrassed. I in the dark too. It's like I don't know if you're here, here or she. I haven't been ingrained enough in you <laughs> to know. I know I shouldn't make assumptions. Should what I? sex you are? Well, I don't know either. So there we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're still listening. So that's great. Um, Yay! But yeah, okay. So, and, and like like you said from the beginning, there's like this like rich flow of information that happens in seconds. And part of that is, you know, you're walking through with um, you're walking through with Eugene, and you know he's giving the four one about the ethanol, and then um, uh, Daryl at least, and you find out Daryl's in contr- like kind of in charge of the, the sanctuary. Yeah. You thought Eugene would be, but like it's really Daryl, right? Um, and that makes sense actually if you the more you think about it, the more you think about it. <laughs> given the fact, given what you find out, but you also find out really quick is um, that uh, oh yeah so yeah they start as, even as they put put up the walker as a scarecrow and Daryl puts it down it's like the way you, they reveal the characters that are putting up the scarecrow you find mm-hmm. out okay Zach McGowan easily identifiable he's been in many series like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yeah he's, yeah I noticed him I was like God, he looks so familiar I was yes. like he's been in a lot yes you've seen him as like um, kind of guest roles in many different shows oh yeah mm-hmm. he was in the 100 he's in all these shows that people really love uh, and he's called Just Justin on the show. And so the way they block that scene, they make it so that you kind of don't forget his face. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it's, it, you just see how they how they kind of flip the camera and they, they stay on his face for a little while just in, in, in the right amount of time to get you to be like, okay, I think I'm supposed to like keep my eye on this guy because he's significant. And you even see him in the, in the sneak peeks in the next, uh, next episode. He kind of pushes Henry, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, so this yes. guy's going to be a character. He's going to be like a, he may even be the main, you know, savior, save us you know we are still Negan kind of person or at mm-hmm. least it certainly seems that way but you never know maybe they're ch- they're gonna fake out maybe he's a nice guy after all I don't know mm-hmm. seems to be all about surprises lately mm-hmm. um, um, oh so the next thing I noticed right away and it's like uh-huh. all of this is through inference is that um, they solve this communication problem that they were having do you remember the whole letters thing that one episode yes. where they had that yes. monologue between uh-huh. the three people yes so it, and it was all done by letters he left it in a mailbox and so they all picked it up and all that stuff so mm-hmm. it seems like like they, they solve the communication problem by establishing like walkie relays and by the right. way this solves the same problem that Fear the Walking Dead had when everybody's all ah, around <laughs> 
Good point. Yeah. So there's a little tie in there, a little tie in. This is not even the main tie in I wanted to make, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's quite interesting. So they have these relays also. And um, yeah, I, and by the way, the one thing I wanted to tell you about that was, oh, okay, so I in the dark is a she. <laughs> but... The one ah. thing, the one thing I wanted to t- is, uh, that I thought maybe have been had been one thing that they learned from the, the saviors is that is that I think they learned the relay system through the saviors. Mm-hmm. It seemed as though the saviors knew where everyone was going to be. They had relays to kind of relay information. So I think they did that better, and I think they learned that from them. Mm. Nah, I mean, so yeah. So again, uh, so much information from There's so a little. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm meticulous like that. <laughs> I have pages of notes. You you do? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, lay, lay some on me. Well, let's see. I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, no, no worries. <laughs> so basically, after that point, we kind of start leading into this uh, Washington, D.C. run. I mean, we see that like Daryl, eventually he's on his bike. He runs into um, Jerry on the bridge. And um, and it seems like they have points, like they have uh, different sort of points where they're... Like sweeping. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, later on, we, we later on see that they have like established routes also like route a versus route b versus route c versus route d i think, I think yes that's right. right a through d yeah, yeah i think it was like a through d I was, like, I was gonna write that down but i didn't bother <laughs> well there you go because i knew you'd so, have it <laughs> pages so basically um you know we end up seeing that you know our group is is basically doing a run and this is the other thing that i have to say that i really liked about this episode shipping jesus and aaron <laughs> Sorry. Well, that is happening. So I'm just Yay! telling you right now, it's happening. You know, it happened in the comics, and it's clearly happening here. Oh, it so. did happen in the comics. Yeah. Yes, Bro. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot. I mean, yes, we, it it's been a while, Carol. It's been I know. A while. It's, been, it's been six months since this show's been on. You know. Oh man. I haven't, I haven't put on my like nerd glasses in a while to be able to be like, well, in the comic book. Dude, I hadn't realized it was six months. Yeah, it's like six months. Sixteen episodes, at least three months. Oh no, actually, that seems right. <laughs> Four yeah. times four is... Yeah, six months. Yeah, and then whatever. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Okay, sorry. Go on. So, no, no, no. I was um, I was saying that the thing that I really liked about this episode, <coughs> and I kind of came to the forefront in this particular scene when our crew is in Washington, D.C. proper, is the fact that like I love that in this episode, we saw almost every single one of our characters, and we didn't have to segment the episode the way they've done in the past, where it's like, this oh, episode yeah. Taryn, this, this first, this episode will focus on this. If you think about it, we saw pretty much every single character except Negan, which makes sense because obviously he's in his cell. It's a different sort of, you know, dynamic altogether. But otherwise, we pretty much saw every single character. Yeah, by way of like just As motion. A, by way of just motion. And it was all... Even Rosita. It was... <laughs> That's what I mean. Everybody, Eugene, Rosita, Father Gabriel, Jadis, every, like everybody. You even Oceanside people, for goodness sake. I That's mean, right. you basically saw everybody in some way, shape, or form. But it wasn't done in a way that was forcing it down your throat. It wasn't done in a way that felt ad hoc. It felt very seamless and natural in the way it was presented. Everybody was doing their role as they are in this new beginning, this new world, and we got a chance to see it. And 
how it all comes together. And I thought that was very, it was executed very, very well and very effectively. And yeah. I really like that. So yeah. it was awesome. It's, it was very well done. It, and so it, then it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that like the core. So you got the core group going to DC, first of all, which, but the, it was, but it wasn't even just the core group. It was even bigger than that because oh, Jade yeah, is for well, sure. Maybe I should call her Anne. She yeah, is because Rick's Anne. calling her Anne. Ugh, sexist. She is. Well, that's what she, that's what she wants to refer to now. By the way, I thought it was very cool that we found out that Anne was a teacher. Yes, yes. The apocalypse. I thought that was a cool little thing. I was like, oh, right, Well, maybe you could clear this up for me too because was she a teacher at the museum or was she a teacher who brought her children to the museum? I got the impression that she was a teacher that brought her students to the museum. Okay, okay. That's, that's what I got from her um, her dialogue. Yeah, because she's speaking in that, okay, so <laughs> she's speaking in that like kind of southern accent, which is pretty accurate kind of to Georgia, that general southern region, I have to say, compared to Rick, by the way, which is not at all kind of southern, <laughs> almost. Um, Rick is like, yeah. He's like more Texas than he is like south. Like st- there's know. Texas, there's southwest, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's east te- Texas versus west Texas. So that's, yeah. and that's a whole other thing. But he's supposed to be from Georgia. He's supposed to have kind of like a specific Georgian accent. So, um, but Jada's kind of does pull it off easily. I just can't. Yeah. It's like now that she's speaking natural. Well, hold on, let me roll it back. Now that she's speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the accent kind of throws me off a little bit. You're like, oh, wow. I'm like, oh, oh, there's a speaking voice there. She knows that I speak English. That's, that's interesting. Oh, figure. <laughs> so, <laughs> can you remember all those nights where we were just like, really just frustrated, like raging at the, the heapsters? I, I, yeah, I just... It's, I, but it was like I love to hate them that I was just like what the hell is this crap it's like, like this, this, is- this wild card of a, of a group yeah well it was such a wild card and it was one of those like um, I don't know how to phrase it but it's just one of those situations where it's like you just wish I, I kept hoping that somebody would just sort of like state the obvious and be like Rick would talk to his group back in Alexandria and somebody just say like these people man like kind of fucking weird right like you what know the they tits, talk guys? like what do they, they talk like you know what the hell with the, with the, the name and the Jadis and the Tamiel. It's like, you know, they're all, it was, yeah, it was one of those things I would, I would have loved for somebody just to state the obvious and be like, what, what the hell, you know? But <laughs> I mean, so that was that kind of thing. It's like one of those things that you love to hate because every time they would come on, it's like I would roll my eyes like, oh God, freaking garbage people. Here we go. <laughs> no, every time you'd see a scene where like it just shows the heaps, you're like, oh, this again. Oh, I'm have to put go. up with this. It's like, here we go, this again. It's like, fight you, I will. Like, just some sort of, like, ridiculous. Or just, like, fight. That's, that's all they would say. Like, well, was, fight who? It was, it was all Yoda speak. All of it. <laughs> fight it you, all. I will. It was all just Yoda talk. I would settle know? for that, but it wasn't even that. It's like, oh. what are we dealing with here? Oh, uh, God. Anyway. Yes. See, the thing is, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're just, we have this PTSD. We just need to work it out. We and then we can move on. It. So I'm happy that Anne is now sort of like, okay, she's a normal person. She used to be a teacher. She used to bring her students here. But basically, so the, the Washington, D.C. run really, first of all, before they even get into the museum, so much fun to see like Washington, D.C. proper. Oh, finally, yeah. To actually well, see you know, the Capitol in the background, the Washington Monument all decayed. But you know that what I was waiting for because you texted me like when it absolutely. happened. Absolutely. Like, finally, freaking zombie senator in suit and tie like knock this guy out right now oh and better yet <laughs> you, you know it'd be you know it'd feel even more satisfying mm-hmm. i think that was either a um a zombie clerk or zombie is it a clerk no clerk is for judges a zombie so my my, my instinct is that it's a zombie lobbyist <laughs> 
Okay. Right. Yeah, he did look. He did look more like a lobbyist than like yeah, a senator. You're right. Exactly. You are right. Yeah. Or like an intern for a lobbyist. That makes more sense because the suit was kind of cheaper. You yeah, know? I don't have that kind of hate for lobbyists or anything. Like I have that. tremendous hate for lobbyists because really? they're because most of them are former politicians. Um. Yeah. That's the, now, now they are. Yeah. It didn't I, always used to be that way. I hear you. But I would have loved to have seen some more like senators just get annihilated. Well, they're more representatives, so there's more fodder. Yeah, <laughs> you could throw at this. Hey, man, yeah. I want to see more of that. But do you think they're going to go to DC even again? I mean, that must have been I, a CG production, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's maybe, maybe they won't shoot scenes exactly like that. But I tend to think that I think that they might, just because for me. I think that all this hinting of the helicopter, which obviously like came up last season, like we kept hinting at seeing this helicopter and it's now even in the opening credits, you know, the new opening credits is the helicopter. So in my, you know me, in my mind, I'm convinced that the helicopter is part of the Commonwealth that is in the comics. That's part of Georgie's oh, group. Yeah, yeah. And that is essentially it's like- part of the background fact. of the new- the key art. Yeah, yeah. It's a fraction of the, the, gov- the Commonwealth is basically like a fraction of the government that sur- survived the apocalypse. And it's like a huge thriving community with like, you know, like actual community, like practically city state kind of thing. They've got like coffee shops, you know, like they're doing good, you know, and like basically, you know, to me, yeah, I would think that's something like, I mean, in the comic book, it's not in Washington, D.C. proper. It's more like in the Midwest. I think it's like in Ohio or something like that. But Anyway, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like it makes sense that it would be more Washington, D.C. based because, you know, what I've always said, in my mind, if shit hit the fan tomorrow, under Washington, D.C., the mother of all bunkers exists. I'm convinced of that. They probably have like a city state underneath with like coffee shops and stadiums and all sorts of stuff, like in my mind. Well, yeah, yeah. You're just, your obsession with coffee and, which we got in Fear the Walking Dead, (laughs) by the way, was a low rent version, but... It's no curing. Oh, it's no curing. <laughs> Listen, I'm getting, I, I might potentially be like stepping down from my curing. So, you know, it's not the end all be all. <laughs> well, no, like, no, we're growing up, you know, it's like, it's not college, it's not post-college anymore. Yeah. We're, we're grinding our own beans. Yeah. We're getting, yeah. So we're sophisticated. It, sophisticated. That seems like an Eddie purchase though. Like what the curing? No, like, well, previously, but now <laughs> it'd be cream? like, Hey honey, let's, Mr. let's Coffee. grind our own beans and let, oh, I have yeah. a machine that'll make the coffee straight oh, It'll grind the yeah. beans and then push out the coffee he would be into something like that but i purchased a mr coffee that was on clarence at the supermarket just because like for me in my mind i'm so practical and logical based in the sense that like now we don't live this solitary life where it's just like the two of us it's like we always have like not always but a lot of times it's like you have people over and people visit and whatever and so a keurig is not the most efficient use when it's like one cup at a time it's like okay here's a cup next here's a cup next it's just easier to just make a pot of coffee and just pour some in each cup you know what i mean instead of like yeah it's keurig is nice when it's like two people but once you're like at four or six people then it starts becoming like okay this is a little little cumbersome yeah you can't you can't serve a whole bunch of like you could but you'd be like yeah it's kind of a pain yeah, exactly. It's kind did, of- did I ever mention like what I, I, I had not, it was like 2005 and it was the first time I've, I, I've never heard a Keurig before and I'm working in this uh-huh. office, right? Mm-hmm. And our company had re- rented out a desk as a part of this other guy's office. And so uh-huh. I'm working there and every few minutes I'm hearing in the back this thing that sounds like, like this. It sounds exactly like this. 
and it sounds like somebody's really sick trying oh to blow God. their nose. Ugh. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, when you feel like you feel bad for someone, but they're all. It's also like the noise is just so obnoxious. So you're caught in this place where you feel bad about feeling bad, like feeling like horrible about somebody else. Like, uh-huh. God, I wish they'd stop like blowing their nose in the back room. And then you find out it's a coffee maker. I'm like, what kind of sorcery is this? <laughs> like, what what's going on here? Sorcery. A, a coffee a coffee <laughs> machine that sounds like snot. Like. Oh, that's not appealing. That is not appealing. No, and and but like now it's like normal life. <laughs> it doesn't oh, quite sound as God. nose blowy anymore, but still. Oh, I have to warn you. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. Because my computer is frozen. Now, just to let Uh-oh. everybody know on Instagram, which, by the way, we're going to lose the archive for that now. So anybody who's listening live on Instagram, uh, there's no, there's not going to be an archive of this. So I in the dark, you're in a rare position to. Um, <laughs> benefit from this right now since we're live and i feel like the stream is by the way it's going to cut out at any minute because i started the facebook stream live and that seems to be the only thing that has a countdown um so bummer we can't do that again (laughs) but guess what i can't even look at my notes i I literally have to like open up my phone i have to go to (sighs) google keep i started keeping my keep notes in the squawking dead account now i just just for this one so far oh there we go Mm -hmm. beautiful oh so good so sorry i had to do that um but yeah why were we talking about a cure oh because of commerce (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) we started getting to snot the first time okay anyway (sighs) so good by the way, so I want, I want to say something else about um, the Washington, D.C. run is um, the throwback to the season, to the pilot, walking into Atlanta. It just kind of gave me that old vibe of being on the horse and, you know, all of that. It's, it's, it was uh, kind of gave me those old vibes, I would say. Yeah, well, the, of, of Rick, you know, walking in Atlanta, but uh-huh. like this time he's like with people. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And much more secure and strong than before. Where it was and like, safe. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, what the hell am I walking into, you know? Yeah. So one thing I wanted to insert before we continue was that was that you really do start to notice what Greg Nicotero was saying in Talking Dead. And I, it's like the one thing I remembered that I didn't need to take notes on because as I was watching, I was like noticing it. Uh-huh. Is that he mentions that the walkers, these like individual walkers that show up in the show, they're mm-hmm. not like throwaways. They're like each one is individual. They each have a little quirk about them. They each die uh-huh. in a different way. And I thought that was kind of noteworthy. So when you watch the episode again, you're like, oh, this is kind of cool like this one's head gets chopped off uh this one has that big mouth agape thing as they're riding down washington dc and then you know Mm. obviously the spider walker and the scarecrow from the beginning the intro the creepy intro to the museum as they walk in that little freak show kind of like the hands go above the counter and it's shaking Mm, and it's trying to pick itself up Mm -hmm. it's just so like there's these little so it's not only that the the individual walkers that have some emphasis but then there's also like this these like horror elements like Mm -hmm. They bring like a horror element, like a little exaggeration to the walkers that are kind of, you know, that kind of draws you into that kind of, it makes you scared of them again. Yeah. Which is, which is something they need to keep doing, doing every once in a while to kind of sure. make you understand how rough this is. I think that's what, and, and it's something that we said in season eight, by the way, is that, and, mm. and Carl's death 
really brought us back down to earth when we realized at any point your number could get punched. You know, your ticket could get punched. And 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 Carl's death is a huge reminder of that. Is that who is the enemy? You know, who's who's ultimately yeah. who is who's against who in the end? And so when you introduce these little like kind of horror elements, there's that kind of um, there's like an entertainment factor, sure, right? Because that's kind of cool. But then it also kind of reminds you, oh wait, these guys are still dangerous, even though these guys are confident. They're they're dangerous, and they'll show mm-hmm. you why. You know, and you see why in the episode too. Yeah. But yeah, and and if as long as you're gonna do it, do it in a cool way, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yes. So you mentioned Jadis and the seeds. You mentioned well, going in, reminding you well, of a western. Well, they went into the museum, and I think the idea was that it was supposed to be the museum of natural history. I think that was supposed to be the idea. And they DC? Did it at the, yeah, I think so. They they filmed it at the Georgia Capitol, and this is what they talked about yes. on the Talking Dead, which yes. I thought was really interesting. But they filmed there, and I thought the funniest part was that they met. Oh, was it the governor of Georgia? I think it was that they met him. Oh, there, yeah. And um, when you said governor and stopped right there, I was just like, Wait, I what? know the governor, David no, Morrissey. Um, what? Where's going? What's going on here? So Norman Reedus, I think, was talking about how like they compared knives because they he they had created <laughs> cool new like melee sort of weapons for him, which we'll get to later. And um, oh yeah, so that's he, true. Uh, Accessorizing yeah. some more in the apocalypse. Yeah. So he like <laughs> there was a picture of them together, and he has like the governor has his little like uh, like Swiss Army knife or whatever. You keep saying that. On the keychain. I'm sorry. <laughs> he is, but he um he has this little like Swiss Army knife, you know, on a mm-hmm. keychain, and and Daryl has this humongous like blade like normal is, but like yeah, as Daryl exactly. and so um, they asked him like how in the world were you able to be so close to him with like such a huge weapon you know and without secret, he, he secret service like, getting triggered or what and he was like well there was like a ton of security and he's like <laughs> When I did have it out, they there was that initial sort of like, you know, stirring of like, oh, you know, he's like, but then they kind of relaxed because it's like, you know, this is Georgia. It's like, whatever. I was like, that's true, dude. <laughs> it's, that's true. It's not like it's the mayor of Georgia. It's like the governor. It's like the whole state. It's like, it's like the whole state. Is I'm aware of what my state sounds like. <laughs> armed to the teeth. So yeah. like, let's be real here. Concealed you know? carry. <laughs> <laughs> open care actually i'm not sure about the about the i don't i don't know about those. the laws in georgia but they definitely carry whether it's concealed or open they carry so mm. i'm just <laughs> saying bottles or guns yeah concealed or yeah. open yeah <laughs> containers i don't know man i don't know oh. but they we find out they go into the museum and we find out that they each have their marching orders and yes we find out that they kind of went in already in mind for various things and basically my list had seeds canoes wagon plow so it's basically a yeah. mixture of agricultural tools and vehicles yes so that's right that's basically- oh, and by the way that little nod in the beginning you see this little glance that that ann gives to one of the banners the fine art music fine art exhibit mm, it kind of yes. connects with who she was yeah yeah you're right Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I managed to catch it in the second watch. I was like, oh, interesting. They, they're doing that. Nice. That's a good point. Yeah. And then um, I like the little details that we notice in the museum because there's a lot of little details. And, you know, the walkers underneath that sort of glass trellis floor. Oh, yeah. They're in an area that's labeled the Manifest Destiny area. Which oh, is that what they call right. it? Yeah. There's a big sign down there that says Manifest Destiny, which, oh. is, which is super appropriate. Super appropriate. That is like really appropriate. I didn't even see that. Right. That yeah. is so 
so like prescient uh-huh. about what's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, exactly. That gives me chills, by the way. That's it crazy. The, it was in the manifest area, manifest destiny area of the museum. Oh my God. That means so much for what's going on pol- yeah. politically speaking. Of course. Go wow. Us. Yeah. Good call. Good catch. Oh, I love that. I'm telling you. It was great. Clap, clap. clap. Thank I, you. Now, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if the Instagram, well, I could find out the Instagram uh, thing cut out, but what I wanted to do, because somebody, because uh, I in the Dark had asked about this, uh, was right before we even get into any of that, um, we need to talk about the title sequence because I need ah, to know. I need yes. to know, Carol. All with all your talk about. Oh my God. <laughs> about um, Fear the Walking Dead. Now, they didn't break. No, I, they, they didn't, didn't break, break with the music. They didn't break with the music, and that's basically the most important yeah, part. I, I don't mind. I don't mind them changing the sequence because of the fact that they've they've changed the sequence before, albeit slightly, not as like as much of a difference here. You know what I mean? Like right. in in past seasons, like they've tweaked it and changed it to kind of add new things. Like I mean, they had when they added Jeffrey Dean Morgan as like Megan. You know, there's a part in the sequence that has like a, a, a oven, and then there's like a rod or something. You know, so it's like yeah. So they they definitely have like added things in to kind of represent you know certain characters or, or whatever. This one is a full departure, just like with a totally different sequence altogether. But I I really liked it because I think it's you know it goes along with the whole idea. This is a new beginning, you know, a new beginning. Yes, but obviously with still respecting the core of what this is about, which is you know mm. an ongoing story of survival. Yeah, exactly, and it's more reflective of. First of all, because I mean, I feel, I think you would agree that the title sequences in the last eight seasons kind of more reflected on the core, core, core group, more right. or less, right? Yes. At least yeah. like images from them and their families and whatnot and their past, like mostly mm-hmm. Rick, huh? mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. and, and they needed to kind of tweak that so that it was more broad. It was more about some of the other new, more, uh, and, and increasingly beloved characters of the, of the Walking Dead, mm-hmm. you, you start mm-hmm. to notice. Yeah. So, but I, I loved it too. I really, really, really did love it. I mean, it's one of the, it's one of those things that when you make a change and it's kind of a little old, little new, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it breathes like a little bit more. It, it's kind of like a dusting off. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, let's change the visuals just a bit. You know, keep yeah. the music, change the visuals. Because yeah. if they were to change the music, I think that would put off people. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what would they change it to? Too. So right, exactly. Yeah, this is it. This is the one. Bear McCreary did a good job with that intro, and it's just yeah. timeless. Yeah, like you said, timeless. It sticks. It with is. You. It sticks with you. It does, I, and you hear it, and it automatically resonates. I th- you know what I think? I think Fear's mistake was right from the beginning. Like they picked something that I don't think would have been consi- considering. I don't think it took into account, into account where the story was going to end up going ultimately, mm-hmm. which is why they had to ditch it as soon as possible. Ditch the opening, uh, the title sequence, because yeah. I think I think even by the third season they kind of did away with it completely. They didn't they didn't really do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have a title sequence as much. They did away with mo- most of the time, if I'm not mistaken. So by the time the fourth season rolled around. Uh, rolled about rolled about anyway <laughs> by the way we're not live on instagram anymore so you know and we don't have an archive so we can't go back to it can't go back <laughs> wah, wah. exactly i don't even know if we're streaming on youtube or facebook too so i think that's that's over and done with <laughs> so we're, we're just doing this for the recording right now but um uh, but yeah, it's so you know. I don't think it's I don't think it's Fear's fault necessarily. It's something that you'd have to get right from the first shot, and that's a lot of pressure, especially yeah. when you consider how wild a journey they've gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they've crossed several states, that was countries technically, yeah. and then well, meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile, our, our Walking Dead crew has kind of been... They haven't made too much progress. They haven't really made any progress. It's no. really crazy. I remember <laughs> when... Morgan um, running across state lines. I know. <laughs> on foot. Like, I remember when... Um, 
<laughs> like I remember when, um, what was it? I think it was, maybe it was season five. And it might've been with Beth. And I remember when um, she was captured by the, the Grady hospital people or whatever. Right. And they decided, okay, we got to go over there. And it's in, you know, but Grady hospital is in Atlanta. So we have to just kind of head over there. And I was just like, wait a second, we're still this close to Atlanta? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, like, exactly. I was like, really? We haven't made that much progress, have we? <laughs> Five no. seasons. We're still around Atlanta, whatever. So finally, when we at least went to Virginia, I'm like, all right, well, hey, at least we're in a different state now. You know? Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. Like, it's like we got through, you know, Georgia, North and South Carolina. All right, Virginia. Okay, that's progress. Three states. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like you you finally get to Washington D.C. and then and, and Eugene is not even you know integral. <laughs> Like all that fuss about him trying to go there. It's like, well, you're finally there. Oh, there's nothing here. Okay, good. Done. Uh, well, until he gets a hold of that ham radio, mark my <laughs> words, that'll happen. I'm hoping so. I, at this stage, I, I just mean, I well, you know, I don't, I don't know when it's going to happen, but eh, maybe sooner than we think, right? Mm-hmm. I know, no, it's things might move faster than we think. Yeah, honestly, I mean, yeah. considering what happened at the end of this episode, I think things are that move escalate. faster. <laughs> That things escalated for me in this episode faster than I thought they would. I was pleased that they did, but I did not. I did not think that they would. So well, that's that's the thing about the show and what they're what they're trying to do is that they not only are they establishing um, like physical location, they they managed to through the through camera movements and and keeping certain people together as they move through different communities. They're establishing um, where they are, what they're about, but they're also along the way they're sprinkling in what's been going on with them for the past year and a half, eighteen months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is the time mm-hmm. jump and and so you're getting all that too you're getting you're getting a little bit of that and and you're getting the sense that things have been good but what you also start to notice is that you're is that though things have been pretty good there's this undercurrent that's kind of rising this 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 niggling feeling and that's uh, of politics that we'll get into but that that's slowly rising like the like deep-seated resentments that people have had to live with over time and it's just bubbling up until mm-hmm. it's like until it becomes a problem they're fine but it's becoming a problem and it's becoming a problem quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that actually kind of brings me to this next point, mm-hmm. which is it kind of brings us into this room because you see these guys walk into the room. It's all of them together. Yes. Uh, the manifest destiny floor and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, st- I noticed really quickly how many people like are in this room. It's like, it's almost like they're trying to reestablish like this new core group of people that, that are here, that they, it's kind of like what we were saying before about like establishing who, what these people are about and the kind of strong unity that they have now like they're all together they're all for one one for all you know they're they're all working in sync and everything like that and I, I couldn't help but think that you can already tell the writings on the wall like you need this moment of everybody cooperating together being a strong single unit because you know as the and, and in the in the framework of a conflict you know what I mean like mm-hmm. a, like a problem they need to solve like getting this wagon down from the stairs mm-hmm. and so and so you, you have this like 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 um, not problem solving but like a team building almost mm-hmm. but like but it's for you it's for you to know how strong these people have been together like mm-hmm. as, as the audience yeah so so I, I feel like they're setting the stage for like okay this is how strong they are now <laughs> and when things get crazy you'll start to see like this this is like the starting point and you'll see how bad it gets <laughs> so <laughs> so that's 
But, and so that's why they're doing that because they want you. They want you to have like a, a frame of reference of how of how striking it is when things start to fall apart. You know, like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you could see things fall apart and you'd be like, oh, that's the world. But like, no, 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 that's not their world. They've been safe. They've been ha- You know, they've been fed. They've been working. Their community. They're a tight unit. Everyone, mm-hmm. It's kind of like what what Rick has been saying throughout the episode is like he's refusing to see that there are these undercurrents, that there are these divisions. You know. Yeah. And so he yeah. kind of sees what we see yes but then we also see the other part and rick's not seeing that part it's really right. clever really yes. goddamn clever yeah how they all be they're, how they're able to do all this stuff at once like mm-hmm. showing mm-hmm. people dropping hints sh- t- sprinkling in the past establishing unity etc and then you know and already seeing that there are divisions and problems yeah you know we can see mm-hmm. that so i don't know i was, it's, I'm, just love it i love how they did this the yeah. more i think about it the more i love it yeah no absolutely yeah, yeah i'm gonna skip the spider walker because it's kind of like i, I just love the horror element of it they, yeah no, that was awesome oh my god and, and especially having it happen to avi nash too like it's just one yeah. of the, you need to see him more i know that's this is what i mean we saw everybody in yeah this everybody got a taste everybody Mm-mm-mm. it's like open that 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 godiva mixed chocolate set and you're like mm, what do i try now mm. oh he's right here yeah <laughs> avi nash Mm-mm-mm. tastes delicious oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just excited about Avi Nash. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I'm in it. I'm good. I'm good. You're clearly in it. I'm good. Uh, the other thing I noticed in terms of little details there, since we, it, it's a point that I have written right after I wrote Spider Walker. Oh, <laughs> I literally have that written in my notebook. Spider Walker. Oh, God. <laughs> it was so good, though, wasn't it? It, it was very well done. But so like, a creep oh. show. God, you know that that's my biggest fear, right? Really, spiders? I've learned. No, to... not not spiders. Bugs, specific. Not not coming so much... out of people. Not coming out of people. Like <laughs> I actually think that spiders are quite beautiful. Like I, I find them like a very elegant bug, especially like black widows and like those kind mm. of like spirit kind of um, spiders. long legs. Yeah, I think they're very beautiful, like creatures and spider webs and everything in general. Because you know it warms my cold, dark heart. But. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> so appropriate for the time of year it is. Um, uh, but I hate, hate uh, cockroaches. Uh-huh. Cockroaches will make me crawl into a fetal position on the floor and cry. And it has happened because Eddie, like, it even came up when we were watching because he fell asleep at some point during the episode because, like I said, he's an early to bed person. But he did see that part. And mm-hmm. He was like, oh, he remembered a practical joke he played on me no. years ago mm-hmm. for, like, Halloween where he bought, like, some, like, fake kind of, like, water bugs or whatever that looked very real. Realistic. Oh, no. And I don't know where he put them or whatever. I remember that I damn near, like, I cried when I saw those things. Like, oh, I was so freaked out. He thought it was hilarious. Not <laughs> no. at all. And there was another time that this when we were still in New York, and I think I was still living in the city at the time. Was this the first time or the second time? Because he should have learned the first time. <laughs> No, this the, the joke was the second time because I think we were already living out um, out in our house, you know, outside uh-huh. the city at that point. But this other situation was when I think I was still living in the city. So I don't think we were married yet. I think we were dating. And we went to take the subway and I think we were on 14th Street and 8th Avenue, you know, like the AC line over mm-hmm. there. And so... We're on the platform and I think it was raining heavily. And when it rains, critters try to go away from the rain or whatever. So all of a sudden... I think they just fall in the water, but yeah. All of a sudden from like some sort of like... I don't know if it was like a sewer gap or... or I don't know what it was. So the floor? All of a sudden, all 
these, yeah, all these like freaking giant roaches start like crawling around on like the platform floor. I was like, I almost lost my shit. And then luckily, like the train was coming into the station, especially because then one of those little fuckers flew onto a woman's leg and she nearly lost her damn mind. And I, that's when I would lose my mind. When that train came into the station, I would have, I almost was at the point of getting superpower strength and I was going to pry those doors open if it didn't open like immediately I was and I never forgot that because I was like I like Eddie asked me he's like what would you have done if that flew on you I was like I probably would have fallen onto the tracks (laughs) (laughs) that's what I was thinking as you were regaling regaling us with this tale because it's kind of like oh that's it's all over for me (laughs) if they start flying I start flying oh no if they can grow wings I grow wings (laughs) no so that spider walker was nothing I mean not that it was nothing but I'm just saying it was like I, I can appreciate that I mean I was like Whoa. but I was like yeah that's- oh god the way the flashlight by the way was like yeah like he was just like freaking out and it was just flashing Whoa. on his face oh yeah god. well done well done Greg well Nicotero done. must be having like a field day too because it's just kind of like it's his wheelhouse you know it's his wheelhouse man you know what I wish I could hang out with Greg Nicotero Greg Nicotero strikes me as like that cool uncle that still goes, goes to like Guns N' Roses concerts and stuff well, like he's, I mean? he's so cool he's kind of like your dad's best friend exactly that's like less Funny. your uncle because that's too familial yeah that's true but then he hangs out with you when but, you get you know older what, but you know what I'm saying yeah like I understand what you mean it's like your un- your dad's friend it's like oh yeah uncle but you know you call Call them uncle. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it's like that kind of relationship. I hey, just Uncle think Greg. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, so oh. good, so good. Thank you, Greg. But what? I, but what I wrote after that is um. I like the little moment between Anne and Father Gabriel. Yes. The, the, the de-evolution of man. I was like, I like that. Intelligent like that. design. <laughs> He's, it's as a joke. It's so good. I, I liked it very much. I also liked, and Eddie pointed this out, the the, the man of, uh, of religion commentaring on evolution. Oh, that's what makes it so funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Man of the cloth. Yeah, because he's kind of, he's like a grounded dude. Like he's, he gets mm-hmm. it. Like he, he sees he the it. evolution. He's kind of like, in a way, it's like, you could look at it both ways he's like you, it, it's knocking knocking evolution a little mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's also kind of like you could easily say that it's just kind of like you mm-hmm. know oh so this is what intelligent design is we made mm-hmm. it all the way here to get to there mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah I just like that moment yeah I want more of that I want more of that I Gabriel know. we had too much of the other Gabriel yeah. it was good but it was just kind of like oh no mas yeah oh yeah no exactly uh, yeah and I like that they bonded I want to see more of them together too I did I like that I like that a lot. I was a big oh. fan. So yeah, what, what was your take on the whole scene with Cindy and and um, Daryl? Like the thing okay, about the I wrote it, I, I wrote it on my my notebook right here. I said Daryl speaks exclamation point. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that's part of it for me. That was like huge to me. Like he, I mean, first of all, it wasn't like a grunt. It was a sentence. It was like you all right. I was like, oh my god, you all right? It's a sentence. I mean, that's <laughs> uh, right yeah, there. I was fragment, like, but to say. But I was like, whoa, you know, I I appreciate that right there showed me, okay, we're doing things differently. I was like, Daryl's going to be getting some, some lines, some serious lines. And he talked about his brother, you know, he he kind of like harkened back to like his brother and stuff. So I was like, you know what? I like this, Daryl, like this. And they fleshed his, I mean, in in the most meager way, but they fleshed out his backstory just a little bit, just enough Mm -hmm. to say he had friends. They did intervene, that sort of thing. Because we, I mean, it's an observation that we made about the 
comparisons between Fear and, and The Walking Dead is that we know more about the Fear characters and we don't really know anything about um, the Walking Dead characters at all. Like mm-hmm. even, to po- even to the point where we, we meet up with Negan and we still, we don't, there was potential to find out something more about him. And it's almost as if they, the any of the showrunners were, were kind of like, that's not important. What's important is now, the recent history. Right. Which right. is fine. If you want to continue with that, that's fine. And I don't mind that at all. I, I think we yeah. learned really quickly how unimportant that is technically. Yeah. As much as people wanted it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a continuing theme, you know? Mm-hmm. But the thing that I, I noticed, I, I noticed a little bit about this, about the scene that's, by, which as amazing as Daryl speaking is, and, and I wrote that down too, was that we're starting to see that people have moved a little bit beyond surviving. And now because of they have this, this security and they have, you know, time on their hands, they have duties, but they, it's not about like every day is another danger. Every day somebody's on guard and night shift and duty. There's a lot of people around now. So people mm-hmm. are covering things, you know, there's less overlap. I mean, there's that, sorry, there's more overlap. People can do more, you know, more people to do more things. So it's kind of like they're, they're starting to get used to peace. And when you do that, you start to realize, oh, I can now afford to think about, you know, my brother not making it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, my brother on the canoe. So it's like, you're starting to see people, um, I don't know, like, li- like living their traumas. Like things are starting to come out, you know, they're starting to think about things and mm-hmm. people who are surviving don't think about things mm-hmm. or stuff mm-hmm. and things. Right. <laughs> so I think that, and that's important, I think, because you're, you do start to see that in certain places in the episode. You start to see people, you know, thinking about, you know, political moves and, and putting the needs of certain people above the others and, and this right. like struggle between survival and like what happens when you get complacent right. and you realize this world, it, you forget that this world is, the dangers are all everywhere. Yeah. And then you start yeah. to really think about things. So yeah, it, it, again, sprinklings of like ideas that are floating around in this universe. It's, mm-hmm. it's just really cool. Really, yeah. really cool. I'm a fan. Oh yeah. So then you mentioned the seeds in the doomsday vault, basically yes. without even knowing it. We found out that there was an election at Hilltop because we see Maggie, Michonne and Carol. Yep. My sprinkling qu- in time. My queens of the apocalypse together. <laughs> and um, so we find out that Carol's with Ezekiel. Um, Michonne is, is, is fine. And, and Maggie won the election at Hilltop and that Gregory seems to be being cordial, which is weird to her, which we find out more about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, we see that Michonne notices a sign that says a more perfect union. And yeah. I feel that that is our theme <laughs> for this episode. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A more perfect union. Right. And how that is seeming impossible. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's like you have all these like ideas floating around and, and, you know, who's willing to unite, you know, who who's willing to cooperate and who's willing to not. And how is that going to, it seems like that's going to tear everybody apart. At least it yeah. seems that way. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Michonne has got her eye on the prize and she's still kind of hanging on to like, she's like getting yeah. ideas like, and, and that's the one thing I wanted to talk about also is kind of like, do you think that, you know, as you, as the episode closes, you, you start to realize, do you think this may, should have, may have come sooner, this idea right. of a charter? Because maybe we wouldn't have gotten to this point. Yeah, I mean, perhaps you wouldn't have gotten to this point. I mean, I try to think. I, I tried to think about like the situation if it was um, in respect to like actual history, like what's happened after World War Two or, or World War One, that kind of thing. Um, or the Revolutionary War, even. Or the Revolutionary War, just just anything like that. And I think that that is the, the yeah. I, I think that they probably would have benefited from having some sort of charter. They probably were so focused on the rebuild building aspect that yeah. that kind of took precedence over everything um especially in dire circumstances like this where you're just trying to like survive 
excuse me. But I think that, yeah, it probably could have benefited from not getting to this point because, I mean, the way I think about it, and and we'll see it later when they actually go into the sanctuary and the graffiti on the wall and and whatever. You know, a lot of that kind of discontent, you know, I I think about it sometimes with World War II where, you know, people always wonder, well, how does somebody like Hitler come into power? And it's like, you know, Germany was still reeling from the First World War and they were not the superpower that they obviously are today. And, you know, when you're in need, somebody comes into power and says, hey, you know, I'm going to provide you this and I'm going to give you this and I'm going to make this country great again or whatever. No, oh. pun in- oh, no, no pun intended. That was not intended. I feel like I've heard that before. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, think Moving about along. That moment. <laughs> Not to sit on my like, get on my soapbox or anything, but get in my little open mic. <laughs> yeah, but this is how these crazies get into power. You know, yeah. it's like situations like that. So, which is probably the opening that Negan got to be able to get into power, you know? Yeah, vacuum, yeah. Yeah, especially since you realize that, you know, the sanctuary is not a fruitful location. So, you know, they they struggle. So, in that sense, um, Rick is kind of right about one thing is that, like, yeah, they're just hungry. You know, if if everything was great, they wouldn't have a problem. No, exactly. They're just hungry. I agree with that. By the way, that, that makes me think of another thing, which is kind of like, and it's something that I've been thinking about on a personal level, and that's forgetting about about what ends up happening but somebody once told me whether or not you would rather have what would you rather have and you can answer the question and we can answer the question in the context of the show but it would you rather have a politician that there's a occasional corruption but things get done or would you rather have complete honesty and nothing gets done mm-hmm. and and I really I, I answered too quickly and then I had to kind of backtrack like because you know what, what you feel the obvious answer should be right mm-hmm. but then did you you start thinking so i mean i asked i ask you this one and then i'll i'll, I'll go into why i i asked it oh, gosh that's a tough one i mean i personally rather know i I'd, I'd prefer the honesty right right okay me personally but nothing gets done but at least i know and then i i at least know what i need to do because hmm. i hate from my perspective i hate feeling that i can rely on somebody and and it's and in reality, I can't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want somebody to sell me the world. And in reality, like, they're not going to be able to commit to giving me that. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. It's, so, it's so meaning like that, that like, what? Well, so there's corruption and there's false promises. But. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Let's say it's like a campaign promise versus like what happens in reality. But but mm-hmm. it, let's say that person made a false campaign promise, but then is completely transparent, is not corrupt and blah, blah, blah. But they just can't seem to get anything done. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. one way or the other you know yeah yeah and and the reason why i bring it up and that's fine that's a big philosoph that's that's a philosophical question because the reality is it's not really an either or situation it's Mm -hmm. that's not how we how the life works in terms of politics but anyway Mm -hmm. the reason why i asked that is because when you think about it would hilltop have been better off this is this is going to sound bad Mm -hmm. but would hilltop have been better off with gregory leading but maggie kind of sweeping up behind him kind of like making things happen i ask that because of things that happen but also kind of like well 
in a way when you it's like the devil you know in a weird way not like in the kind of like um in the kind of way that like okay i know what i'm getting but as long as maggie's around to kind of wrangle him mm-hmm. uh, i think i'm okay with that you know like mm-hmm. he can say it's kind of like having um it's like the queen of england when you think about mm-hmm. it like like she mm-hmm. doesn't really do anything and people know that she doesn't really do anything and they know that there are taxes going to this pageantry and whatnot mm-hmm. but they really know that kind of, of congress really or it's not the parliament really mm-hmm. takes care of all that stuff yeah so it made me really think about like would they have been better off and now that we mm-hmm. know where things are kind of going and how that affects the entire show mm-hmm. going forward because it really is a springboard what ends up happening right but i often wonder and like what do, what do you think about that just, just me throwing that out there i wonder what if they would have been better off with gregory at the home mm, yeah yeah but w- considering that like maggie would end up sweeping up behind him and putting him in line and all that stuff i don't know i i was very pleased at the outcome not because i dislike sander berkeley because i think he's awesome just like i thought stephen off was awesome but <laughs> pardon me I, I think what occurred i mean i the whole sequence of everything that happens with gregory is is very well done and for yeah. me illustrates very clearly maggie's uh strength and and stance and we'll get into it more later in terms of like maggie's approach to things versus rick's approach to things and what does that say about their styles of governing mm, um, yeah exactly in, in general and their approach to how they view society um well and how they kind of react to having power too by the way well, yeah, I mean, it's, I mentioned it in, in the blog post and, you know, we'll talk about it when it happens. But I mean, look, Negan killed Abraham and Glenn and numerous other people and was essentially given life in prison by uh, Rick. Right. Gregory attempts to murder um, Maggie. Maggie in the first, say murder in the first attempt. <laughs> Through proxy. Yeah, right. Via, you know, the, the blacksmith and then- Or conspiracy to commit murder or something. Conspiracy like to commit murder and then murder in the first when he tries to kill her directly you know himself and true, true. and Maggie you know attempted and, murder yeah and and you know which is different from Negan actually killing numerous people like he attempts to murder her and she swiftly publicly executes him and makes him an example that's right that's right I mean you know it's because that's the thing it's like he, there are many different ways that you could have executed him it's like but it was made to be an, an example. example and then she says yeah. as much too at the end yeah exactly like yep very and much and by the way, that kind of I don't disagree with. Right, right. By the way, I mean, <laughs> the, the, what you know? What's funny is that I w- I was looking at it and why at the time I was thinking like, oh, this only makes sense. Maggie's right. He's had he's lived far too long. He's like he's been able to get by. And he, Gregory says as much. Like I'm still here. And it's like but it, that's a double edged sword, though. It's like you're yeah. still here because why? you managed to weasel and whittle your way through away and through things to be able to make it this far. So mm-hmm. I mean, all the credit in the world but the fact that you don't appreciate that you know like you don't appreciate how close you've been to dying or the fact i mean like there's just no comprehension of like and, and you could easily say that gregory is talented that he does like he said to simon he says he does have the juice you know like he, he knows how to talk you know to to get get what he wants so that uh-huh. could be uh-huh. but like there's that extra factor of like you don't know that this is it's like you're completely unaware that you're living in cowboy times this mm-hmm. isn't like a a, a world where in a world where there was no walkers there's no apocalypse gregory could have gotten really far in life really mm-hmm. far like because he knows the boundaries and mm-hmm. he can weave his way through them really expertly getting his way to the top getting influence along the way mm-hmm. but in this kind of world where people don't really follow 
turn signals or mm. stop signs and yeah. sometimes they'll just flip on you mm-hmm. man he's lucky yeah <laughs> you know yeah yeah and so but but getting back to the point though is that i was on board with you until michelle said something to the effect of like I, she says um i don't know if she says this outright in the sh- in the episode or if it's, mm-hmm. like somewhere mm-hmm. down the line but she says something to the effect of like you basically you, you killed him without like due process i don't know did she say that in the episode i i don't know if she said it in the sneak peek or like i think it was in the sneak peek it might have been the sneak peek which is important because- i think i think it's good to bring up because that really kind of snapped me back in place it's kind of like well we what we just did to gregory we didn't even do to negan you know like we well, that's that's the difference in in rick and maggie's styles of approaching things yeah you have a I mean look I mean this is jumping ahead but I mean even the conversation between Rick and Maggie when you know Rick's talking to Maggie about rebuilding oh, sorry <laughs> rebuilding sleep patterns <laughs> oh, oh so sad about rebuilding well, that bridge yeah about rebuilding the bridge and about food supplies labor that sort of thing and she's like look if my people want to help out I'm not going to stop them they need food they're going to have food for supplies I want all the gas I want you know them to be most of the labor and when Rick tries to kind of implore her, you know, to be a little bit more um, lenient, she's sort of like, why? They lost the war, you know? <laughs> well, they got they got to live. They got to, they basically, it's like, we let them live. Like, that's already, you know, generous enough. And I was like, damn, exactly. Maggie. You know, like, Maggie wasn't necessarily my favorite character, but she kind of did comment by the end. But, <laughs> so but you know what? That's that's so the thing. That's what... I, she sold me. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I would like to be a Rick, but I know that I would be a Maggie. <laughs> like, I would like wow. to, I would like to be Rick and be that benevolent like socialist person that's gonna be like we need to like <laughs> utopianist kind of yeah care for everyone and meanwhile Maggie's like I got enough problems over here I can't solve their problems <laughs> yeah well, you know what and it, I was it, like damn you know what oh, God. but it's like this archetype though right it's yeah. you have these two people that are coming from completely different angles you have the Rick part which is kind of him really really trying to live up to Carl and his vision yeah. which I forgot and then Gregory uh, not Gregory uh, Greg Nicotero I think it was him that said this that he kind of reminded us that oh Rick's coming from that position of like it's it's the new world this is the, the world that I that Carl wanted me to build and you know meanwhile it's like Rick you're you, it's like you're already here but you're not here you're not here here but not here um you know you're you're, you're like already there and you're, you're like post carl and and meanwhile we're still in the pre-carl stages you need to work son right right and part of that work is going to involve doing the hard work meanwhile maggie what's interesting about her is that you kind of saw this coming even before that scene at the end of season eight you did mm-hmm. kind of see hints of that that little authoritarianism like that little like take charge i gotta take care of my people you know and 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 this is something we mentioned on the ramp up is that we can tell that Hilltop has the goods. Hilltop mm-hmm. has the nuts. It's kind of like a poker term when you have mm-hmm. like the most chips, you get to make these ballsy decisions that you know are going to rub people off the table, run people off the table. You're going to make them go all in. Mm-hmm. And she does that with Rick, like you're saying, you know, she has the nuts so she can be able to dictate the terms. What's interesting though is, and I think we might as well go into this because it just flows really well, is that when you see the sneak peek, what I was, so after the execution, uh, summary execution of Greg, 
story. Then you start to understand that um, in the sneak peek, Michonne tries to talk to Maggie and she and Maggie insists on getting her way rather than cooperating. And what, what I feel is going on here is that and that's also why I brought up that question about Gregory. Like, do you think going, you know, maybe it would have been like in a hindsight that having Gregory be in charge, but Maggie keeping him in check, that sort of thing. Maybe that would have been a better situation because Gregory can maneuver situations where maybe he can be a pushover today, but tomorrow he won't be. Or, you know, he'll be able to maneuver things so that everybody can more or less cooperate, even though the hilltop might at the end have the better position. You know, mm-hmm. they, they'll at least look good. You know, Gregory knows how to make himself and probably Hilltop by extension look good. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, what I feel is going on is that you will start to see like Maggie turn into a better Gregory in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like she'll make these moves, these strategic calculating moves, and it's kind of like a type of Gregory that's more effective but more ruthless. She's mm-hmm. like she turns into th- to the thing she hates. Yeah, and you could start to sort of see that, and I think people around her are starting to see. Like Michonne gives her this like a double take. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, all right, it's gonna be like that now. Mm-hmm. So I right, <laughs> yeah. I'm a little worried. Like you're like, I mean, I get it because I if you have the skill and you have the nuts, use it, right? Yeah. But then what happens, right? So. Ooh, nervous, listen, but excited. Listen, I, it's exciting to me. It, look, it's a rough political climate out there right now. So, <laughs> yeah. like, if I can live vicariously through Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> this is by the way this is like going through the looking glass like okay be be careful what you this whole episode is be careful what you wish for mm-hmm. the whole episode this whole world is like rick be careful what you wish. daryl says as much yeah. but you d- yeah. you made it happen rick mm-hmm. yeah. it's like well all right Here you, you got it here you go it's like what if season nine was just a dream sequence oh my <laughs> like, oh, stop please don't <laughs> And I can't have any like it was all a dream. Like no, we're not. We're not going there. <laughs> no, we better no. not. No, we're not. We're not. Carl's still dead. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I can't go through that that epic drama again. Yeah, uh, no. Like oh my god, is he dying already? Jeez. Okay, so I'm gonna make a a executive decision. Uh huh. The whole um, wagon scene, we can yeah. more or less skip that. Yeah, because that was just more like an action sequence, which was fine. It was a, it was a, it was tense. It's like you, you know? had to be there sequence. <laughs> Like yeah, you, you had to be, be there watching it. You had to be there. Basically, tension. tension. Ezekiel had a close call. He gets Carol kisses right. Ezekiel right away, Carol not even thinking. Can, exactly, exactly. And so you, it's all for that for establishing the fact that Carol and Ezekiel are in love. Really, they are. Yes. Let's let's they, face they it, are. they are. They are. He even goes as much as to propose to her on the horsey outside. Yeah, which, which she said it's not happening on a horse. By the way, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you get the impression that he's asked her to marry her a bunch of times already? Yes. yes. Kind of, sort yeah, of. I do. I do. It's like, oh, he, he did it again. Like, but but here's the thing: when Carol, I know we're jumping around. Fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when, <laughs> when Carol has that scene alone with Daryl, um, the only reason why it it may not have seemed that way, like that he oh he proposed again, um, is only because Daryl mentioned something that's pretty interesting, and that's it's that they're never together anymore. Like Daryl's either full time at Sanctuary, and Carol is with the Kingdom, and and they're not they don't really get together and which something he says to Rick is that you know we're not you know are we together you know are we on the same team you know like mm-hmm. there is no us that's what he says yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and so it's emphasized when she, when he talks to Carol and so when when Carol brings it up it's kind of like he's hearing it for the first time it's like never mm-hmm. they didn't have a moment to really catch up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's kind of shocked by it it's like oh it's been that long kind of thing you know it's yeah. been that long mm-hmm. that we haven't talked yeah you know mm-hmm. that's, that was a pretty good way of kind of telling everybody and, and you know they bring it on um, I think in the sneak peek um, he kind 
kind of mentions this as well. No, no, no. He mentions it when he speaks with Rick later on in the episode. Is like, you know, this guy's here, this guy's there. And Rick even says, oh, yeah, I'm sending Rosita down to Oceanside with Eugene and this, that. And, you know, if you're going to not be in the sanctuary, I need you back home. I need mm-hmm. you home, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all this to say that even though people there's this good unity thing going on with everybody they're all like one team at least this core group of people at the same time they're kind of not together like they they don't really have a chance to really be together not really maybe in situations like this like with the uh, DC museum but like they're kind of far apart otherwise they're not really right. that group anymore like Daryl's lamenting you know they, they have to save mm-hmm. they have to build a new world and they can't really be around each other and they miss each other mm-hmm. so yeah Gregory um, yeah, we don't have to muse about the DC thing. Um, well, then we have the sequence on the walk to back, back to Alexandria. They encounter the bridge out. We see oh, Rosita. Ken died. That's a big scene. This, this is a scene. Yeah. And I, I was really, um, I was really, well, this is one thing I'll mention. I did like the, the fight sequence with some of the walkers that started coming, like Daryl and his cool new melee weapons. So. Oh, yeah. Like him scouting ahead with the pole. But also he had these like knives that he like twirled around his hand. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> like I'll, I'll slice his tendon here and then I'll get him in the head, you know? Ah, like, that's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's such a easy to please. But you're, you're right. The bridge out thing kind of came first. But I think what I wanted to, what, what's interesting that they established before all that, by the way, uh-huh. is that as they're walking back from the museum, um, just before the proposal, like Marco, Ken and Alden, yes. are ta- like they're basically talking about normal life like shoeing horses uh-huh. and, blah, 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 and talking about Ken's dad um, yes, Earl the blacksmith right Earl the blacksmith and shoeing horses and then like when I was listening to this is like um, it's like it's for, I mentioned this before it's like they're talking about normal life they're not really talking about survival like they're shooting the shit mm-hmm. and it's kind of like like further reinforcing the fact that like oh they moved beyond survival they're, it's it's no longer about survival as much anymore which and then immediately afterwards obviously you have these the scene with the you know danger and you know Ken dying but like it's just a good juxtaposition we just need to know that walkers are still dangerous you're still surviving yeah <laughs> get yeah. out of it you know yeah yeah that <laughs> that threat is still there yeah but um yeah okay and then rosita reports the bridge being out and then yeah oh and because and why did the bridge go out do you remember writing this down because <laughs> it sounds like you really did went crazy <sighs> The, my understanding with the bridge being out it was already kind of falling apart and i thought that it was because of a horde yes two herds <laughs> Two herds merging together. Now, let me ask you another question. Uh, and ask you another question. Okay. Do you know why the bridges were crumbling? Why the bridges were crumbling? Why? She, why were they, they mentioned this really slyly. What, what was it? The big storm. So this is how it relates to fear. And and you realize where we are now and why they needed to do an 18-month time jump? 18 months. Wait a second. Why we have to do an 18-month time jump? Why? No. They me. needed to catch up. The two timelines are in sync. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Fear the Walking Dead and The Uh Walking Dead are now in sync. They just had their storm also. The same hurricane created a huge storm also. Okay. So, and they mention this also on the side somewhere else. They're saying how not only is the sanctuary, if it wasn't wasn't bad already that the sanctuary was already in trouble, the storm made it worse. Mm -hmm. And so the storm that we're talking about is the same storm that happened in Fear the Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. So the two timelines are in sync. Mm -hmm. Check. It. We're, we're like moving straight forward.
forward from uh-huh. where we are in fear. Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting? Just as long as they don't bring any of that fear element. Into <laughs> they're setting the stage. Like for people who are paying attention, uh-huh. it's kind of uh-huh. like, okay, all right, I see what you're doing there. Uh-huh. But I like that they have these little tie-ins, like the little crossover ideas. Like, okay, this world really does exist within the other world. Uh-huh. And I think they're hoping people catch on. But I think that's interesting. I think people, there are people that'll, that listen to the show who love fear. And it's kind of like, you know, to, the idea that these worlds still matter to each other. You know, mm-hmm. the little hints that they're going to probably matter even more. Mm-hmm. You know, that I think that's kind of cool. But furthermore, it has real world effects on what happens on The Walking Dead. And that's the sanctuary is like no longer sustainable. And mm-hmm. the bridges, all like the bridges are crumbling. They're all going out because of this storm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the, whore, the, the two herds merging together on this bridge not mm-hmm. only takes out the bridge, but it takes out what, what Rosita said. And I didn't understand that in the first listen was the walkie repeater uh, so they have these little antennas that uh, that that boost and like relay the signal mm-hmm. so you know so now part of their communication is out and what did i started thinking about something because spooky music started playing in the background and i was thinking to myself oh should i be paying attention right now oh does this may have something to do with um a certain force that may be doing this intentionally that may be I- trying to isolate them hmm. Maybe. what do you think is it too early to tell might be too early to tell. But should we be marking that one down? Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps could be. I mean, you can't tease us and then suddenly we'll run away. I know. I know. know. Uh, Uh, Does that kind of make you a little nervous, though? No, I mean, it's it's possible. In my mind, I thought we were going to do another time jump. To oh, get to really? First. Yeah, I thought, I, in my mind, I thought that we might have a couple of time jumps. With the initial time jump now, which like I assume it to be a year and a half to maybe two years based on... Um, based on uh, Baby Herschel and Judith's appearance. Mm. I kind of estimated, okay, it's been a year and a half. And Gracie. Years, <laughs> or, you know, like, and, and, but in my mind, I kind of thought, okay, Rick's going to be eliminated from the show by this mid-season finale, let's say. And my Oh, not even though, that, it looks like. Yeah, like before that. So basically, my thought is that maybe after his departure from the show, we might do a little jump. Mm, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's That was just in my mind, I thought. Just because I know that a lot of the taping for um, the newer characters and Alpha and, and Beta. The guy who plays Beta, he's from Sons of Anarchy, right? I believe so. Yeah. I don't know. He wasn't the main character, was he? No, I don't think okay. so. That was um, Ron Perlman, I believe. Well, he's one of the main characters, at least. Is it, it Ron Perlman? Like, yeah. The dude that played um, was in Blade 2, I think, or 3. I can't remember. And then he was also Hellboy. Well, I guess all those guys are big. Yeah. But I was going to say, like, um, yeah, because he was a big dude and that works for, like, beta. But yeah, like, because it seems like the filming for them is happening later on, I kind of thought, like, well, maybe we'll do another little time jump. But right. Maybe, you, uh, you don't think the principal filming is done for them? Yeah, maybe you're right. I think that there's... But still, like, do you, don't you think that they, they'll still, they'll, they might still be some hints of them? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, not I even, like, o- overt. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that there will be a subtle little hints, especially since we know for a fact that we are going to meet them this season. Like before the uh, the mid-season break. Yeah, they're going to tease them out, aren't they? Before they're they go on break. Yeah, they're going to tease them out. But sure. I, I, I think, I, you know what, I'll... 
I'll be willing to take a bet if if that's even gonna reveal itself. But that that part of what got them to merge was maybe direction. Mm-hmm. You know, like 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 them purposefully doing it. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I, it's only you know what I, I said maybe, and then when the spooky music started playing, I was just kind of like not spooky. But you know what I mean? Like when moody mm-hmm. music starts to play, when this sort of thing yeah. happens, they could have done that without music. Yeah, and it would have been fine. Like oh, we would have been like okay, the bridge is out. That makes sense. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit happens. They had a storm. Yeah. But the, when the music came on, I was just kind of like, oh. oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay, maybe we should be paying attention. That's what music does. Maybe we should be paying attention. Yeah. So, you are right. Yeah. But eh, maybe I'm wrong. Who cares? <laughs> I don't know. We'll soon find out. So the two things I wanted to take away from uh, Ken's death, right, is something he says before he dies. Like, he's, like, saying things. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was kind of cool because maybe this might come up and maybe this might have, like, some sort of significance. But, like, he, sa- he like, says out loud, like, he's, his eyes are closed and he's, he's saying this. He's like, tell my dad uh, to have Marco take my place. So, okay, that's interesting. Okay, fine. Maybe that there's going to be some interesting thing between Marco and Earl. Um, and but who knows at this rate mm-hmm. so and he said let Marco take my place yeah he says tell my dad to have Marco take my place then Marco might have a significant role yeah <laughs> Um, kind of arbitrary, but okay. Yeah, kind of. But maybe he's more important than we're taking. We're giving we're him credit giving for. Him. If if what I'm thinking is correct, then yeah, he could have a major role, and it would make sense about Lydia. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Yes, yes. yes. But for the here and now, something that we need to address because so many people have been yelling about it on the internet, uh-huh. and we need to hash this out, you and me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're gonna. I honestly think you and me are gonna be on the same page. Mm-hmm. But so many people are like memeing about oh. Ken gets a funeral, but Carl doesn't. Oh, hmm. but now, we're in the middle of a war. Thank you. Thank like, you. Like, I mean, the thing is that, like, they are now past the war. They are at the point that they can have little luxuries because, look, they, they didn't have funerals for pretty much most of the people that passed away on the show, like, because they're in survival mode and they're they were either dealing with conflicts. It was enough that they would give them a, a bear, bury the body, and write the name on like the wall in Alexandria. That's about as good as it got, you know. But right. you're lucky if you even got buried. In some you, cases. Sometimes, yeah, you can. <laughs> even get that so Wait, so i think be bearing yeah. you soon <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> in, a, in a manner of speaking in a manner of speaking yeah, no of course <laughs> but you know what i mean it's yeah so you think it's ridiculous I, too because i was just like are you I kidding think, me yeah like come on i mean first of all well, he got a, a two episode he got a pre he got a mid-season finale and uh mid-season, uh, mid-season right mid-season premiere where he got to die across both episodes come on right. who gets that in the show who gets that exactly i said an elegy because it's kind of like okay it went on forever <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh, and yeah, the one thing that I said on Twitter was kind of like, well, you know, he got to go out like a man. <laughs> <laughs> like oh like an old timer like you know taking himself out and everything and it, that's so badass in a weird way I know Ken, Ken <laughs> like, like but, you, no, but you know how Ken died actually like I it reminded me exactly of Andrea's sister Amy and maybe it's because I was watching that marathon and maybe yeah that's cool one, episode one but she got bit on the arm like he did right it kind and of further reinforces like that. that season one vibe or yeah yeah and it even the the shot of how it was like framed zoomed in almost, yeah almost the same thing yeah yeah that's a really good call actually by I the wouldn't way. have re- I wouldn't have remembered that if it wasn't for the marathon <laughs> I'm glad you watched I I didn't have time to I wish I did but I didn't watch the whole thing but I was working from home that day and I was like oh my god like I literally caught it as season one episode one. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's awesome. It was like shocking to me watching it. I was like, oh my God. It's surreal. Surreal. And the way the grandiose shots and panning mm-hmm. out and then the, the, the dolly shots of him, of Rick walking down the street, looking at the side and of the road. And quite honestly, I think it was much more gruesome back then. Yeah, they weren't afraid. Well, they weren't afraid to go heavy. Yeah. They weren't afraid to go heavy and just little things like flies swarming around and just things that just set the tone for like, oh God, this is a horrible, decrepit environment. Yeah. You know? I have to admit that was Darabont. You know, that was Frank Darabont. It was him, yeah. He, that, yeah. It doesn't help that when you're, yeah. And he's, I, I didn't check to see if he was still getting credited, by the way. Oh, I don't know. Right? He's credited. He's been credited from season one to season eight. <laughs> so, wow. And he's not even a part of the show anymore. Anyway, we talked about that. But but yeah, no, that's really cool. And so, that's the thing. Like, when people kept talking about this, oh, this has a season one f- vibe. And like, like, well, I mean, yeah, in a way, I guess. But it, we just with all the information, like season one had a much slower pace. Honestly, season one reminds, it, like, there are certain elements in Fear of the Walking Dead that remind me of season one of, of The Walking Dead. The way they would slow pace something and you know, emphasize for feeling that sort of thing, like to, to just show where we are emotionally. Sometimes I can compare, but like what this episode was just too chalked with info and action and, and like it's just so compressed, you know, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I just don't feel like the pacing is the same as the first season one. I think maybe the vibe where, I don't know, maybe people were trying to survive or I, I but it, when you mentioned the shot, okay, maybe that is part of it. Maybe it's the way things are framed. Maybe the way things are kind of callbacks, the brick on the horse, people on horses mm-hmm. you know going going back into the city that sort of thing and with n- more knowledge now mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of like a video game where you're trying to beat a boss and then you like literally you're like at one point in your life you're like oh you had to put the game down because it was so frustrating you couldn't beat it but like now you know eight seasons later they're trying to defeat that boss and they can defeat that boss easily like they, mm-hmm. they have so much more accumulated knowledge and a huge community of people so they easily beat the boss you know it's kind of mm-hmm. like season one if they had unity and people and mm-hmm. cooperation not like the Vatos trying to take them down or mm-hmm. claimers or the governor and all that stuff so mm-hmm. that, that's an interesting idea but yeah yeah, like it's revisiting season one with a new with time. Yeah, revisiting yeah. that that whole scene again, basically. So yeah, but yeah. we no, but we do end up noticing that Maggie takes Ken's death very hard, and we realize kind of why. And everybody does too, but Maggie especially. Yeah, yeah, because of the fact that specifically he lives. You know, he's a hilltop member, and she has to be the one as their leader to sit down with the parents and basically tell them what happened to their son. Yeah, you know? which is you know obviously a terrible conversations, a terrible conversation. To have. And she's a genuine person, which makes yeah. being a leader really difficult, you know? Yeah. Like, and, you know, because she knows why um, she brought him, mm-hmm. you know, she knows why he was sent out there, you know, for the horses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also knows that it was in purpose of trying to mostly get things for the sanctuary, you know. And Tammy, the mother mentions it. I mean, I wrote yep. down. Brett Butler, by the I, way. Yes, Brett <laughs> Butler. I was like, oh, look at Brett Butler. Yeah. But, you know, she says. Great performance. Was, great performance by her. She said, my son's <sighs> dead. Your son has no father and the saviors eat our food. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just like oh, punching the know? stomach. Like it's like yeah. I don't I don't hit I don't hit girls, but like I'll still still hit but them with that words. Was, but that was I mean yeah that that's it, hitting them with words. I was like oh man that is that is tough because it's it's all true. Yeah, and not it only was, that like in service of the saviors, but also like people haven't forgotten that you yeah. know the saviors tried to kill them. The saviors yeah. dipped the blood axes and and, and mm-hmm. arrows and whatnot and thin their yeah. numbers. Yeah, after everything, right? Mm-hmm. It was like insult to injury. Yeah, 
Of course. Like, it would be one thing if a community was draining the other, and that alone is pretty bad. But the community in question is that one, you know? Oof. Yeah, no, it was, that was tough. Right. And I think yeah. that's, you know, you could tell that there were <laughs> looming uh, resentments and stuff like that already, mm-hmm. but this kind of brought it right to the forefront. And Absolutely. that's that was the purpose of the scene. It's kind of like to really mm-hmm. hit it home, drive it home. Like, mm-hmm. these are grieving parents. They ain't going to hold back. They're going to mm-hmm. say what we what everybody's been thinking the entire time. Mm-hmm. So again, that's story writing right there. But it also brings to mind, by the way, when when they eventually, I guess, um, oh, and oh, by the way, it also establishes that Gregory's been whispering, by the way. Right. A little bit. Like, it alerts Maggie to that mm-hmm. a little bit. But, and if not for that, she probably wouldn't have figured it out as quickly, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it also, when you go into the Ken's funeral s- sequence, again, like with Alden singing, there's a casket. Yeah. I think there's a casket, right? Somewhat of a was, yeah. that gilded was a, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, we've been establishing, like, the way with Marco and Ken and all them talking and, and certain things, certain concepts, like like worrying about politics and charters and stuff like that. And But all these little elements about, like, like this is the difference between just surviving and, like, a relative peace. And then you have all these elements where, like, it, the two things are kind of butting against each other. Like, you still have this mm-hmm. thing here that you need to worry about. And but and now they have funerals. And the car, and that's why I brought the Carl, Carl drama, like, the whole him getting, like, not getting a burial. It's like, well, you know, because we were fighting, like you said. Yeah. And it's, like, the huge difference between then and now. What people can get now, people can have now versus what, you know, they couldn't have before. They couldn't afford to think about. They couldn't, yeah. you know what I mean? We just have to bury yeah. the body and that's it. And that's the nicest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought all that. It's just kind of, it's just crazy. It's crazy. But what did you think of um, Alden singing? <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out what song that was because I wasn't sure if it was like, because, um, you know, like with certain cultures, like for instance, like when John McCain died, I think they sang um, Oh Danny Boy. And I was trying to think to myself, is that like a similar song? Like I was trying to kind of, I, I don't know. I was trying to figure out what the song was and if there was any significance behind the song. Yeah, I should have I should have actually written down the lyrics because I mean, I know there's a Danny Boy, but there's also like, um, um, what is that song? Um, Good night with you all and all I want for want away in memory now I can't recall. Anyway, so, oh, the parting, parting glass. It's concert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sing to me your parting, a parting glass. Good night and I'll be with you all. Anyway, so that's that's the song I thought he was going to sing. That sounds very familiar. So yeah. I, think, I think he was singing something that may have been more Scottish. Yes, yeah. Because the song I, I just sung was more Irish. A lot of them usually are Irish. And so that's what I was trying to think to myself. I was like, is this another sort of like Irish kind of tune? But I couldn't place it. Yeah. I like the thing that, and I, I, what did you think of the singing itself? It's like, I thought it was, it came out of nowhere. And I think it kind of shows how, by the way, he's a savior, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, exactly. I kind of forgot about that. And it's kind mm-hmm. of important. Yeah, but, he was a savior. But, um, but how everybody has accepted him enough and not made him kind of like a pariah, mm-hmm. at least just yet, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But enough to be able to sing at this guy's funeral. Wow, how did I not think of that and <laughs> write it down? Mm-hmm. But then also like and like the thing he says at the end is so fucking sweet. Um, heaven's a better place for having you. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. So what? <laughs> What did you think about Gregory moving about the funeral the way he was able like to? Like a snake. <laughs> kind of like like just like on the perimeter. Like of a people. serpent. Yeah. Slimy. He was quite svelte though. Yeah. Yeah. But it just makes you kind of 
you know and you know he gives the eulogy mm-hmm. and it's like and and he, and he doesn't he's, it's not overt at all but what he says about Ken mm-hmm. is that normal people make Hilltop run mm-hmm. right just it's this subtle jab at like we're not warriors we're not like you know ruffians we're we're builders we're farmers you know <laughs> that kind of thing mm-hmm. we're, we're um you know horseshoe makers or like uh horseshoers I think that's what he was right he shoes the horses mm-hmm. so it's kind of like saying he didn't have to die you know that kind of that kind of thing yeah. yeah like other people wouldn't have detected that but we we know we know and maybe Maggie knows I don't know yeah Ugh, shiver I think, she, I, think, I think she's always on alert with him well, and by the way like if you had any doubt that they were gonna make that connection with um Gregory and Jesus them being brothers um that's kind of out the I think it's really out the way I've always kind of kept it a little bit ambiguous and moments where like okay maybe they have a relationship as as brothers maybe mm-hmm. but you know you 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 got a glimpse of maybe that they would kind of maintain that when Jesus kind of compliments him on the eulogy but then mm-hmm. later on it's just kind of like full agreement like with Maggie and, and no complaining mm-hmm. it's just very I just you know I thought that maybe they would actually flesh it out in some way kind of like finally maybe I don't know mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping for it a little bit mm-hmm. but um yeah and now we're really at the sanctuary yes we are yeah. officially at the sanctuary Eugene is there yep try to Darryl. fill in Rick <laughs> Daryl refuses to speak to the people in terms of uh, oh like the big speeches like yeah, Laura wants yeah. him to make yeah no no I think Laura has the hots for Daryl oh for yeah. sure for sure <laughs> I, oh, I, I, I'm I'm like in the camp where they have a thing I think they have a thing and I hope they do that's why she can talk to him the way she does right I hope they do because I just feel bad that Daryl's like asexual I kind of want him to be caught between him and Cindy like her and Cindy Laura and Cindy I think Cindy's a lesbian and Cindy's gonna be with Tara oh you Ooh, that's interesting. I think oh, so. Huh. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> no, I, mean, well, I mean, no, I mean, okay. I mean, don't pin me in a corner, but like, I, you know, I didn't, I hadn't really seen it. I'm like, oh, well, I guess you need something from somewhere. And that is pretty badass way to get it. I just feel, I just feel bad for like Daryl. Cause I'm just like, man, Daryl can't get anybody. Like, I mean, but Laura seems appropriate. No, Laura seems appropriate. That's why I, I hope so. Because it's like the man can't get anything. I mean, luckily he's getting lines now. <laughs> Maybe he's getting some Maybe at least. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, the character of Daryl is getting some. Yes, yes, that's what I mean. Because because yeah. Norman Reedus is married. I yeah. am pro Is he married? I thought yeah. they were just together. I think they're married. No, I don't oh. know. Maybe I don't know. Um, don't they have a kid? I don't know. They're expecting a child. Yes, that's right. Baby already. Hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Oh yeah, and like how Daryl mentions, uh, like, you want me to make a speech like him? Quote yeah. unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah do, don't you think? Okay, so in spite of like Daryl talking about like mm. community and how you know we were better when we were this core group right and all that stuff right mm-hmm. but don't you think that Daryl should have said something like that do you think that maybe some of these problems can be avoided if Daryl just kind of leaned in just a little you know to be like this extension for unity or something part of me is, thinks like he should have done like said something I don't know if how much it would have helped though mm. I don't know how much of a difference it would make I think just for at least morale hungry people yeah yeah I was just thinking in terms of morale like I don't really know the answer but like I think mm-hmm. it's just worth asking because like you know nobody really appreciates when somebody's kind of like got a one Debbie Downer well like well, well like one toe in one toe out that kind of thing mm-hmm. like juxtap juxtapa juxtapa I can't even say the word juxta mm-hmm. I can't say it can you say it <laughs> That's a juxtaposition? Juxta, juxtapose. Sorry, I was thinking too bigly. Bigly? <laughs> uh, 
um, uh, Hilltop and the Sanctuary and how like Hilltop is is just running smoothly they, they've got things moving and like I get that the Sanctuary you know they've got their struggles they have little to do when it comes to how much fuel they can make so there are, there are gonna people be people around there doing nothing for mm-hmm. the most part but like also just in terms of leadership it's like I don't think they really have like leadership and directions nobody's really telling them what to Eugene can only tell so many people to do so many things and so I just don't think they have anybody that's really leading them you know yeah Daryl's like I being agree. a nanny almost yeah I can yeah. see why he wants to leave it's like these people bring me down well he says that like I'm not useful inside I'm useful out there because he's a feral cat that's Daryl yeah you know? by the way he said the walls he used the, the word specifically like I'm not good behind these walls yeah he's not good behind any walls it was the same thing at Alexandria itself you know that's why he used to go on runs with Aaron because like he's- that's where he lived yeah, he lives out in the wild. Yeah, bringing people in and all that stuff. Like, I mean, like, he still has the same mindset. He just, like, he's just more of a doer, yeah. you know? But mm. but that's interesting. When when, he's, when when he used the words, the walls, it just, and I know, this is the observation, by the way, between this and Fear the Walking Dead. Nick and, like, Madison were saying how being inside the walls made them feel, like, better again. Like, they didn't have to scrap to survive and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then just hearing hearing Daryl be like, I'm no, I'm no good inside the walls. I need to be out there. That just it made me think about like the the journey that these two people made. Like Daryl's not a house cat, you know. He's like an outdoor cat. He survived. Mm-hmm. I mean, the season one vibe that you were mentioning before. <laughs> like S- Daryl seemed to excel in this new world because it's all the skills and all the things he and his brother used to do out there mm-hmm. and blah blah mm-hmm. and brag on each other. That's that's where he lived. He did not live yeah. indoors. No, you know. And so well, this is something he's used to, except for some of the other outside aggression and all that stuff and walkers. Right. But uh, I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting observation. How some people are, you know, how some people can be this or that, you know, mm-hmm. and and that makes them a better person. So I mm-hmm. don't know. It's interesting mix mix of two worlds. Yeah. Um, let's see. That's a, that's a lot of things down. Boom. Goodbye. So yeah, the savior save us sign. Yeah. Yeah. Savior so there's we are so vegan. with very little information. They've already established the fact that there is a schism within mm-hmm. the saviors. Mm-hmm. You have people clapping for Rick. Bless you, Rick Grimes. That sort of mm-hmm. thing. But well, then you know, yeah, ex- exactly. Justin and, and like and also there's already this tension between see and that's the thing if you take out Daryl from the equation what happens to Justin now like obviously Carol's taking over for him so what happens and you know what do you think Carol is going to be a more effective leader than Daryl mm. right yeah she's pretty tricky she's pretty manipulative and crafty I think she can handle more than Daryl I think so I think Daryl lets his emotions get the best of him yeah he takes things too, too personally I mean he, he'll mm-hmm. knock he'll knock um not he'll shut that shit down mm-hmm but Carol can do you th- I, I think Carol can do it in a way that you know most people can't do she'll get people to do things and make them think that it was their idea mm-hmm. you know what I mean like yeah. like oh yeah that thing that that you wanted yeah I wanted it yeah it's my idea yeah oh okay mm-hmm. so I'll do it right now mm-hmm. so like the Susie housemaker thing that she was pulling on the Alexandrians that sort of thing right right <sighs> I don't know yeah, well I guess we'll see but um, yeah. oh yeah and so the main thing with with Rick and, and Daryl is the idea that and, and they mentioned this on talking dead and it, had they not mentioned that I probably Probably wouldn't have paid too much attention to it but this idea that um that daryl is telling rick there's a schism you know this th- this place is failing it's gonna fail like there's no point in me being here right. um and rick not listening yeah he just can't hear it like oh we're all one team blah 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 this is the world that we fought for this is carl's vision like he's already in the new world meanwhile it's not there yet no it, it just shows that how little rick is gonna see things fall apart until they're falling apart yeah god i mean 
and that's I feel like that's the direction they're gonna go with how he goes out in whatever way he does go out yeah like it's like he's not gonna realize it until it's too late until it's too late damn yeah. but taking out Rick might also mean that you know um, it could be like a unifying factor like Rick right. say what you will about Rick saviors but he freed you from that system that you were kind of tied to you were tied to an, mm-hmm. like an authoritarian so yeah. you know his death could like affect them it could be one of those things that gets them to you know unite and mm-hmm. start to cooperate hmm. um yeah yeah fuel there is no us um uh, oh yeah and we learned that the 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 kingdom is still kind of rebuilt. yeah like they have not they haven't recovered in a year and a half since they lost all their fighters no. alvaro and all of them yeah so it's just like another thing that and you know that's interesting because like now that carol is trying to like as jerry calls her the boss by the way as she's leaving right. um you start i like i'm starting to realize okay wait with all the fighters being gone and carol now going like what does that do to morale like what do they do what's going on with them like that they can spare carol that way i wonder because like i wonder how they really are they were also farmers you know they were also had some sort of self-sustaining farm and Mm -hmm. animals and stuff like that so you know wouldn't they need carol i mean doesn't ezekiel need carol i don't know so um yes and so that's the thing um um oh i just let me let me just undo that for a second because there's a good transition here because you know rick rick is just like rattling off like how their core group is stretching and and just rattling off all the problems and hilltop sends food but no people and the kingdom is still feeling tremendous loss and 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 rick says to daryl i i need help back home if that's the case because if i have to send out like rosita and eugene to oceanside and all that stuff um i need you back home like i need your help and Mm -hmm. like daryl basically says you know in his own way you know heavy is the head that wears the crown yeah you know you asked for this and by the way right after that he says that kind of it quickly cuts over to gregory like you know um like a man with no crown is unencumbered you know that kind of thing like Mm -hmm. you know when gregory had the hat on he had to make like like kind of him his hands on his knees kinds of decisions just to get things moving (laughs) he had to do things he probably didn't want to do you know as opposed to kind of like rick and so but like Mm -hmm. now that gregory doesn't have the crown anymore he can scheme and plot and do anything that he wants to right now yeah so that's and so it cuts to that and the whole scene with basically him getting tammy drunk to get her out of the way and earl being a, a man of sobriety by the way uh he mm-hmm. got he made earl drink so that he can take out maggie yeah the, earl the blacksmith the the quiet you know man of few words you know because he's sober and keeps everything inside now he drinks and he's like letting him know all his feelings and stuff like that about ken mm-hmm. um and then um yeah and then like gregory is going hard like he's the maggie's above the mm-hmm. law mm-hmm. the election was a scam <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, and, and Earl is still kind of, you know, he's still trying to stay behind the fence. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, she's our leader. It's like, like, he's still drinking, but she's our leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Gregory, and that's the thing, like, that's what got my wheel spinning about Gregory. Like, he does have the juice. Like, he basically, he's framing the argument around, you know, this idea that, look, I talked to this guy the other day. Like, none of the people here really, you know, really like what she's doing. Like, right. you're sending people off, are people off, and getting everybody, and getting Ken killed, getting your son killed. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's kind of like, woo, that's next level sh- shit. Like, if you, the, the yeah. fact that you're going this hard. Um, yeah, like, I literally wrote, Gregory uses his juice to get Earl to whack Maggie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I just, I just, this craziness that, and again, like, it's crazy that this man lived this long. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah. So there's this whole, okay, the Carol and Daryl sequence, which is also kind of nice. The, the, the best that I got out of that sequence is that, like, Daryl really just misses the core group. They he just, they just are just constantly away from each other, and it's not what this is about and, and all that stuff. And But one thing that Carol says to Daryl at the end, when she tells him that he's going to be taking care of things at the sanctuary, is that Daryl asks specifically, do you want me to stick around? Mm-hmm. And she specifically says no. Yes. So, I mean, I mean, I learned throughout this entire speaking session is that like, okay, all the, and the internet is like still all about Carol and Daryl, like shipping them. But like, how could you not see that they're not doing that anymore after that scene? I know. Like solidly. It's not happening. It's so, it's a relationship that's beyond that. Yeah. It's precious. It's, it's kind of like, why does that have to be about that? (laughs) Yeah. 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 She calls him Pookie. I mean, like, you know, my wife doesn't call me Pookie. I wrote that down. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't get that the first time around. I was like, oh. Because she used to call him that. Pookie's approval? <laughs> mm-hmm. Pookie's approval. Um, I love that. But yeah, I thought the refusal was kind of interesting. Like, why do you think that, that she doesn't want Daryl around? Do you think it's because she wants him to work with Rick? Or, well, is it that she... You know, what is it, actually? She overheard the conversation, so... I don't oh, she did? She, yeah, she was underneath the stairs when he and Rick were speaking. Did they flip to her? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they showed her underneath the stairs. She heard the whole thing. Oh, I didn't... I must not have been paying enough attention. Wow, you're good. Um, I told you I was all in it. <laughs> I was, I fell asleep at some point. No, but I rewatched it. That's all, that's interesting. So yeah. why, why, so then what does that mean? I think that she just basically knows that this is not a good place for him. Yeah, like it's it just, he's, and maybe she's doing it for his best interest. Like, like think, why would I, you stay that here? Was, that it, was part of it. I think that it's partially because she knows that this isn't the best environment for me to, him to be in. She can do it. And I think also it gives her some distance from Ezekiel too. She just needs some space. Yeah, you think it's, you think space is what she needs from, from Ezekiel? I think that she loves him, but she doesn't want to cop to it because like, you know. Like she doesn't want to be with him just to lose him, basically. Exactly. Maybe. It's too too much of a scare. I lose people and I lose myself. <gasps> it's it's Bad. Do you think that's what's going on a little? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah. She's going on a sort of Morgan journey. Hmm. Yeah. Because she was like that, by the way. Both of them were like that at mm-hmm. the end of that, that episode um, mm-hmm. where they try to find Henry. Yeah. And she snaps out of it. Yes. Um, but that's interesting. Which, well, I, which I think that she is better, but I think there's still that fear. Did somebody say fear? Oh, gosh. <laughs> let's, let's not and say we did. No, but you're right. Like Morgan had to go through this. Well, Morgan was a special case too. But um, but yeah, maybe she does have to go on a little journey where I mean, she really has to kind of prioritize herself. It's not about. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's always like w- between burning the prisoners. She's always put the health and safety of the group in a sort of orthodox way. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and what I mean by orthodox, it's kind of like I always regard orthodox as like no room for nuance or compromise. There's like okay, there are people in the in this this um, prison that are sick. Let's just burn them all, and we'll keep the rest of us safe. Which has yep. always been about the integrity of the group, but to an extreme. And so maybe this is integrity of her heart to the extreme. Like, yeah. oh, this is if this is gonna make me feel horrible, you know. However that falls, you know, whatever it is, then I'm gonna go away from that horrible, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, that's that's in, that's a good take. It's a really good take. Um, mm, yeah, Rick and Michelle talk about they don't want Negan. They want food. Um, they talk about whether they, it's interesting how they talk about whether they they still talk about whether they should have let Negan live. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just a way for them to reaffirm that they 
they should have. Like, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they still let, like, Maggie summary execute. I mean, Michonne kind of has, she shows her cards. Like, she, you know, I mean, it's not just the kids, I don't think. I think the kids just no. fur- further prove the point that, like, yeah. what we're doing here, this is, this is, we need to have, like, a trial. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, that's all I was thinking was, like, when she had that reaction, I'm like, wait, no, she's right. Like, there should be a trial. There should be, mm-hmm. like, you know, a declaration of what happened, an account of what happened, why it happened, and then, like, a ruling, like a jury or, like, a judge or, like, the thing that they all decide, you know, instead of just someone, one person deciding summarily. Yeah. So, um, I think, she, and also she tries to get him to listen to Daryl, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you should trust Daryl. You should listen to him. You know, there's probably a reason behind. You know, he knows things that you're not listening to. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, I'm so glad we talked about um, Rick and Maggie, by the way. We don't yeah. have to go over that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think we get to our scene. Which one? Maggie attack assault. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the, what else there is to say about that though. Like there is a lot of really I, good. I thought it was, I thought it was very um, haunting for me. But Just, for me, mm-hmm. anything involving children, I find oh, right. horrific. Like to see the stroller tipped over and the baby wailing in the background the whole time as this assault is like going on. Like that was just very, for me at least. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a mom. Like, I don't know. That's like, like a content I, warning right there. That is like- Babies will and, be tipped over. And that, to be perfectly honest, if it were, I, I, I think it's one of those sorts of like, um, what is it, fight or flight adrenaline situations. Like if someone is potentially threatening your child, like that would, that would fill me with even more fight in me than, you know, if it's just like, okay, this person's attacking me. Yeah, I'm going to fight, but you know, I'm going to fight with every inch of my life now, yeah, you know, ounce. you know, every It's ounce. like the incredible like Hulk effect. You, you yeah. just, yeah, there's just so much car. pumped into you exactly exactly and I think like that was you know that's what struck me and it was so like the way it happened like all the way it was shot too it's like all of a sudden this figure in the book was like whoa and then you know everything just kind of happens and you know eventually Jesus and Alden I think are the ones that it yeah was. oh yeah I think it was just Alden I didn't see don't remember seeing I, Jesus I thought Did it you? was two well I thought it was two people like, right. well I know that, that Enid them, tried to get in yeah but I think eventually then two people came and were able to subdue him and then she okay. was the one who pulled the cloak off him to see like who it was yeah and it's a drunk uh, earl mm. right which maggie goes promptly to gregory because she knows full well that like he basically orchestrated this and and she goes off you know she's like you can't even murder somebody right you know yeah you can shit to do it yourself yeah you know? all the verbal blows are awesome mm-hmm. awesome it awesome. just goes there awesome because like there's yeah. a point at which you think gregory's just gonna be like oh Matt, margaret uh, what's up you know and then like you're like oh he's gonna do the same stick in the beginning a little bit because he's like oh you have a head injury you know <laughs> like what are you talking about you know you don't know what you're talking about like you're hurt you know what I mean like he did try a little bit and then kind of like threw that out the window and then just kind of try to go for it himself which she overpowers him of course and um, you know right, by the way just before that before the whole thing when he was when they were trying to have that nice conversation by the way mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. he says um, Mackie says outright she's like it's hard not knowing where your place is yeah. you know to Gregory you know mm-hmm. and, and by the way it's like you could say that about her too yeah like, you know she's this leader but she's doing things that she doesn't want to do because rick is telling her to do them mm-hmm. and like and like she kind of is well aware that like she feels like i don't think like i think rick is leading hilltop off a cliff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and so like her saying that's very prescient it's like she's trying mm-hmm. to identify with him like she's assuming she's trying to assume best intentions and then like mm-hmm. it's like this war of the roses flip like where they 
yeah. where like yeah. finally Gregory just drops the facade. Right. By right. the way, he yeah. does this once before. By the way, he does that with Simon. He just yeah. decides, you know what? Yeah. I've got the juice, and you know who are you, and blah blah blah. And then he really sticks up for himself, and it actually works. Mm-hmm. And and I think he maybe <laughs> expected it to happen again, <laughs> you know, or like it to work or it to, it to carry him through. But yeah, yeah. it's like wow. Tried. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Oh that blow that Gregory's blow right in return of that. Like you can't even go to Alexandria because you know who is still there. Who's you know who? Take. I'll give you one guess. Five letters. Oh, Negan. Yeah. Yeah. He can't yeah. do it. She can't do it. And can't bring herself. To and go maybe there. it's not that. Maybe he's just like, oh, you know, you're not going because of this. Meanwhile, she's no, like. No, but I think I think you're. No, I think you're spot on. I think you're actually perfectly spot on because I didn't grasp it right away. Good on you. Yeah. Because I was like, and even like later on when she's talking to Rick and he's like, oh, Judith asked for Aunt Maggie and whatever, and she was like, Rick, you know, I can't do that. I can't go to Alexandria. And like, I thought to myself, I was like, okay, that's a little rough. Like, why? But do you and think so it's because I of Negan, that. though? Really? Yes. Yes, I actually do. Really? I, I yeah. thought it was more like because like Hilltop just needs to keep running. I think it's because of Negan. Mm. I think that in combination with Gregory's comments is because like that is this that is the single point. That, I mean, listen, this is what I was telling you about the point of contention. Like when you're talking about their governing governing styles, Negan is living in Alexandria like life in prison, and meanwhile Maggie's like, no, unacceptable. Like people need to be executed. You know, like people need to know the an example needs to be made. And I think that's what Rick was trying to tell her. An example has been made that we've taken this guy out and we're showing everybody that we can be civilized. Mm-hmm. Maggie's just like not with it. No, not at all. Yeah. By and the that's way, the thing. side comment. Oh, yes, please. I, I've been I waiting. Do, <laughs> I do like it when Carol departs from Ezekiel, like in terms of her telling him that she's going to like take Daryl's post at the um, at the sanctuary. Oh, I yeah. just love it because he turns and goes like, Jerry, my steeds. He is corny. The way that Carol yeah, said, like, yeah, exactly. But you know what? It's gay. It's funny. But also, like, he, she, he's. I think she, again. I think she. He's probably like the realist with her. Yes, he is the realist with her. You know, yeah. and he's probably real with everybody else at this point. Mm-hmm. But he, I don't think he's doing the king act as much. But I think every no, now and again he has to throw it in. I like what he does, though. That's the thing. It's like I love when he does throw it. In. It's like my seeds. I'm like yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, some people like my steeds. It, it makes me want to like start talking the old English randomly. <laughs> hey, look, some people like um, heapster speak. Some people like oh, my no. steeds. I'll some people you. like I'll Jimbo's beerbos. I'll take ye old English and <laughs> I think we all would. Um, <laughs> and, and but only if Kari Payton does it, because honestly, it's just it's so great. It's so great. Yeah, lean in, buddy, lean in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the best part of that is like it ups the ante because yes, my steeds, and then Jerry gets them and he's all cool with it um but at the end of the day he goes uh you know he's see you later boss like yeah but he says it to carol Mm -hmm. because carol is the boss yeah you know like he knows he just knows he knows jerry's real yo (sighs) so yeah so but yeah back to the fight scene though like gregory do you i mean do you think do you think that alcohol was the motivator behind that no he lives his life drunk like i mean Mm, that's true gregory lives his life mostly under the influence of scotch <laughs> yeah know. just enough right like just not enough too to get much by. yeah just enough to get him functionally by you know no i think it was fully intentional if this was murder in the first and conspiracy to commit murder for well, sure yeah, i'm just surprised that he dropped the veil with her i mean like he's just it's it's what he does i guess with he did it with simon and he thinks that he can do that with maggie like if he barks loud enough she'll keep him around or something mm-hmm. But it kind of works, though, because Maggie 
throughout, she's really not falling apart at his jabs. Mm-hmm. And she even kind of like takes the high road. Yeah. Like she still tries to appeal to his better sense. He's like saying, you've been giving so many chances. And to that, he kind of says, what does he say? He says something and then, oh, but I'm still here. And then he tries to stab Maggie. Like mm-hmm. he just, and like, I guess it's like, it's open to interpretation, but like she really, I, I think it's, I think it's really, it's like these flawed characters, right? Like these, uh, these kind of Shakespearean kind of fall from grace characters, right? Because you look at Julius Caesar, right, in, in Shakespeare, and he really is a great guy. Like he's he's a really a man of the people. But all in the backdrop, people have been conscious of like, look, we've established democracy. Like you know, there are no more emperors, right? But even like, but you you do start to see that when you know power corrupts, absolutely that sort of thing, right? And Maggie, bless her heart, she really really tries to be just. She tries to be fair. She doesn't cave to Gregory's insults. Like even when he's dropped the veil and admitted to assassinate you know you know basically getting Earl to assassinate her it, like she's still maintaining that sense of like justice like I'm not gonna kill you or anything you know or you know what I mean like like you're in trouble it you're gonna be held to account just like we do when we did with Negan um and then Gregory tries to say and he, she still kind of like holds back she has a knife to his throat doesn't slit it out right mm-hmm. but but then you start to see like obviously with the execution I feel like all of this like it's kind of like what we saw with the museum you have everybody in unison and unity and lockstep safety coordination etc mm-hmm. and you have even Maggie here like with all with this situation she's she's holding it together she's keeping it in lockstep and the execution obviously makes sense it's like yeah. we need we need to make an example blah 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 but it's like the first step and mm-hmm. I feel like both of these things are kind of like you know this is where we are just so you can remember where we are <laughs> because later on you're going to be like how did we get here <laughs> Mm-hmm. How did we get to this bad spot? And I feel like Maggie's yeah. going down that road of the emperor. Like this mm-hmm. is what power can do. Mm-hmm. And 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 with the with the people in lockstep at the museum, like this is what ends up happening when when things politics and all that stuff gets in the way. We start losing that unity, and then mm-hmm. we're gonna start to see divisions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I these, these these scenes, all this information, everything is so precious. Everything is mm-hmm. so like gold. Like oh, this is so important. We need to remember this because mm-hmm. it's gonna get shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so um all right so daryl arrives at the hilltop with rick and michonne you know baby herschel little stinker that whole conversation mm-hmm. and then maggie's terms you know putting her yeah. balls on the table mm-hmm. you know and um she has the nuts we talked about that mm-hmm. and it's like the two philosophies like you said like we're obliged to help and like well they got to live so now we get they get to do us they get they yeah. owe us they owe us um and then the calling out of the promise, like you said, you that I you would be, that I would be leading you someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and she said, I'll admit, back then I wasn't one to follow, and but that changes today. Now. Yeah. And and we see that also in the sneak peek, like like I said before with Michonne mm-hmm. and her like exerting her will in spite of possibly trying to cooperate. Mm-hmm. You know. So and, and and all I could think of when she said that, uh, both here and at the sneak peek, was what Daryl said. He said there is no us, mm-hmm. and that that's like kind of like the theme. There is no us. Yeah. anymore it's kind of interesting how like you bring daryl kind of lays out what the problem of the show is ahead of time he's like are you not looking around you there really is no us judith mm-hmm. is painting the picture of all of them together like as she mm-hmm. remembers them with carl mm-hmm. you know yeah but in daryl just like a kind of like the innocence and caring of a child almost is like but i see i see it you know like i want it but i see it it's not there there is no us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which brings us to gregory's hanging <laughs> 
Did you realize right away that it was him, or did you think it was um, Earl? Oh, I knew, I knew it was Gregory. Yeah. Did you think it was Earl? No, was I, I, I thought it was Gregory. Because I think I, Earl I still has a part to play, too. Like, I think he has that thing to do with Marco at some yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. And he's useful. He's in the comic, too, isn't he? Tammy and Earl. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, sir. okay. Okay. Because I remember hearing, I saw their names somewhere, and I thought that was important. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and who knows? Because, like, basically, Earl is locked up in the next episode, and, and basically, Maggie uses it as an excuse to say, I don't want to take him out of jail. I don't, you know? Yeah, he could make that plow for the sanctuary. But you know what? I kind of like the idea of being able to use them for whatever I want because they owe us. Yeah. Oof. So let's talk about that hanging scene a little bit more. Yep. Um, I just, yeah, it was just... it. I, I, man, she was like, listen, she said, at the hilltop, the punishment fits the crime. And mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. But, but, but you were in it like a lot of people when they saw Gregory Hanger were kind of like finally right and I was too it's kind of like well, I, I mean, his, his time I, run out his clock ran I knew out it was ha- I knew it was happening I mean I knew it happened in the comic yeah so we've all that. seen the panels too we've all seen the panels so I was like it's, Xander it, Berkeley looks way better too way <laughs> Just, better I'm saying that out loud way yeah. better but yeah, Gregory in the comic kind of reminds me of a slightly thinner version of. Did you ever watch the cartoon Aqua Teen Hunger Force? On, um, oh yeah! Oh right! Uh, the next door neighbor, I think, was his name. Yes, Carl. No, is it Carl? <laughs> I think it might have been Carl. I think that was his. Yeah, you guys been... keep coming over. You yeah. know, <laughs> like yeah. Yes, yes, that dude. Ah. Uh... <laughs> Love your like so a taller Danny DeVito, like a stretched out Danny DeVito in my mind. <laughs> from what I was seeing in the panels, like, oh, sh- it looks like from uh, Matilda or oh, something. Oh, God. <laughs> I need to watch some Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Like, <laughs> that is then, totally like what you would watch just like in the, in the middle of the night where you're like, I don't know what yes, to do. And like you're yes, half tired. Yes. And it's just like, did I really watch yeah. that last no, night? When, or When you're saying you, are you talking the general you? Or are the you general saying, you. Uh, are you saying me specifically? Because Probably you specifically. At this right yes yeah no absolutely I'm just <laughs> because it's the perfect show to think like did i dream that or did that happen in the show like it's taking I... all these visions you might see before you fall asleep and just put it on the screen <laughs> like it's such a demented stupid, it's such a demented stupid oh my god loved every minute of it with it's the, like if you know, improved like ren and stimpy like just the moon nights best thing ever <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so Gregory, no, back, to Gregory. back to Gregory. But yeah, I guess so. You're right. It does kind of look like a Carl. I guess it is Carl. <laughs> I don't think it was Carl. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you an. I, I thought one of the guys is named Carl. Well, ah, whatever. Who cares? Somebody's named Carl on Aqua Teen Hunger Force because that name has come up. Yeah, it might as well be Carl. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> but it's but, by the way, and it's but the one thing that Gregory says is like I'm not. You know, like um, you know, you don't have to hang me because you feel ashamed and like. And what she is- deadpans like I'm not ashamed. <laughs> she is not ashamed. But like of losing Ken, of, of following Rick or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. That's what no. he's he's trying to sow that last seed of doubt yeah, in everybody around him. Mm-hmm. That I find that choice interesting. Like he 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 like doubles down. He just till the end, which is yeah. kind of interesting for somebody like that. Like you think mm-hmm. a man like it really does change the way you look at Gregory, though. I mean, if you're paying attention, because when you think of Gregory, you think of groveling when he needs to yeah. you know, when he needs to be, etc. And and at the end of the day, he's kind of a like a weakling and 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 you know trying to suck up and everything like that but when he sticks to his guns and he commits to like his trickery and sowing doubt and like if if the last thing i do is going to be sowing doubt in the in the in of seeds of doubt in the people around me and, and i can in some way even like feel like a sympathetic
to character them and mm-hmm. ruin Maggie, yeah. then I'm going to do that. And that makes me think like, wow, that's commitment. Like, mm-hmm. you'd think this guy would be groveling at the end, right? Mm-hmm. It really doesn't make, it does change the way I think about him. Mm-hmm. Not that that, like, I still think he's an asshole, but mm-hmm. at, the, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, he's not like, just like this weak piece of shit. He's like, he knows yeah. what he's doing when he's being that way, that grovelly kind of way, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't mm-hmm. know. But um, yes, and she tells everybody around them, you know, I made this decision, but it's not the beginning of something. So there's like the famous last words of, of mm-hmm. Julius Caesar or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to have to go through it again. And uh, yeah. yeah, and and also like the idea of where they decide to hang him too. By the way, if mm. you think about it, they're hanging him from the rafters of like yeah. the bones of a new home, which kind of tells you like mm-hmm. this is the foundation of her quote unquote presidency. Like this is gonna this is gonna be like it like this mark on her presidency in a way. Yeah. You know, of her election or whatever. There's just something mm-hmm. to think about. Like this is the this is what mm-hmm. you're building. This is this yeah. goes into the house. Yeah. So I just love that illusion. It's so cool. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, so now we're up to sneak peeks. But um, we got to the one with the Earl in the prison, the Jello pudding pops. Um, and I said like literally in capital letters, becoming Gregory question mark. And then at the end I say, oh, becoming a better Gregory. So we saw Earl and they I missed that. They showed Earl in the prison. They didn't. But what? Oh, okay. You know. So the sneak peek that I saw was on the AMC website. And it's an extended scene yeah. of where. Uh, so, sorry, I didn't say that because uh, I, I I don't know why I assumed I assumed you saw that. I don't know why. Um, so let me explain the scene, and I have to like now I have to restore. <laughs> so Hilltop has surpluses to feed the sanctuary, according to Jesus, who's there with Michonne and Maggie, and they're trying to negotiate basically if you can get. Um, uh, and you know, and meanwhile, like you know, Michonne's trying to say this. She's like, okay, you know, I need that fuel because you know, there, see that tractor over there? I I don't have enough to plow the fields and she goes well you know as much as i hate earl for what he tried to do to you but um do you i have to assume that you don't hate you know hilltop slash the sanctuary enough to not at least think about taking earl out of jail for a little bit to just to do the plow and bring put him back in and mm-hmm. if you have the plow earl can make a copy of that plow give it to the sanctuary and they could be off your back and that's when like you start to realize maggie doesn't care about the plow she cares about the power play she's really committing to what she said to mm-hmm. to Rick. Mm-hmm. She says she won't release Earl or deal with anything less than compliance. I mean, she doesn't say that, but like, she's like, it's my way. Mm-hmm. And then like at the end, I say, oh, it's a better Gre- Gregory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's ominous, right? You're like, oh, where is this going to go? Like, I'm excited. Yeah, but I'm also kind of like, I kind of like Maggie. I don't want to see her go down this this path. You know, like it's going to only get worse. And um, well, then here's the smaller sneak peeks of the next episode, which is like um, the bridge building. And um, mm-hmm. you see the saviors there and like Justin right away pushes Henry down. You're like, oh, it's that's how it's gonna go down you're, you're pushing a kid huh mm-hmm. um rick still doesn't see the divisions you know like we're all on the same side and daryl's like are we though right and um alden tells rick and this is this is like the best part i i thought was from the sneak peek was like alden himself is t- and he's having these conversations with rick again remember like at the hilltop alden mm-hmm. was trying to appeal to rick's better nature yeah and he says um you know they work for you but you protect them who does that sound like to you uh-huh. Ooh, right mm-hmm. and um and then of course of course the moment we've all been waiting for a little teaser rick visiting negan all right yes. are you excited i'm so, so excited I'm so excited <laughs> Negan's back yay <laughs> <laughs> he's like the biggest negan supporter ever on my there's so many it's oh, no, i mean are. it's great but it's also yeah. kind of like i'm a little disconcerted <laughs> You have to kind of look at it on the bigger picture. Yeah, of know? course. Yeah, yeah. Kind of broad strokes. Yeah, what, broad what's strokes. going to happen? What's the result? Yeah. Yeah, you think about it that way. I, I am, I am. 
But now with Rick out of the picture, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. This really does get somebody to think, right? Yeah. Like I am what? Negan. Uh, what's uh? Right. What's it gonna look like, right? Uh, hopefully, Negan. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Jeffrey D. Morgan says as much. Like, uh, like me and him have conversations, but it's kind of like the idea of like a better Negan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day, one Absolutely. that resembles Jeffrey D. Morgan. Yes. And that really sure. awesome laugh of his, by the way. That that laugh is just precious. It's precious. It's so like, so, like so goofy. <laughs> it's like that. Just, it's it's he's yeah he. It's, it's so funny because he is he seems very goofy in real life and not this sort of like um threatening menacing lothario yeah um, assertive and yeah yeah so it's very it's very funny because it's like he he can definitely like go from one pendulum to the other because it's like yeah he's downright i've heard interviews with him he's like downright goofy you know and like meanwhile on the show he's like this you know has a presence you know oh commanding too yeah like very commanding presence and like meanwhile like he, when he's on the couch he's more like he's just down to earth and like charming very down to earth, charming down to earth Silly. And he's like, he's like, like several, he's doesn't like almost a couple. Th- oh, sorry, go ahead. Doesn't take himself very seriously. That's the thing. And like, I, I part of me is like thinking like, oh my God, uh, you know, you subtract maybe a thousand or so brain cells and he could play like a good stoner friend. Like, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Well, you know that. Well, you know that he has a musical background in the sense that um, he did a couple of interviews with Howard and um, Howard. Oh yeah, yeah, like punk shows and, sh- and, and stuff, right? Yeah, he. Was, oh, you told us about this, by the way. He grew up in Washington State, so he knows all the. He used to be friends with like all those guys of Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. He knew Allison Chains. He knew all those guys. He used to hang in that whole like scene back in the nineties. Yeah, so, I still want to listen to that interview too. Like, I, I kind of. <laughs> I think who was on the View, by the way? Wasn't somebody Pollyanna McIntosh was on the View? Yes, I yeah. think she was. Yeah, they're all doing like this kind of a lot of promotion. Yeah, and they yeah. should. They really they need a reinjection. Yeah, they do of, of an audience. Like, oh, we're still here. Oh, and it's better mm-hmm. than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they gotta like hit the ground running and do that stuff, man. And by the way, a lot of like a lot of like um, the guys on Fear started doing this, but they started going to these um, uh, Latino shows, like their Latino talk shows. Oh. They all started doing that. And now, like, Pollyanna McIntosh is there down there with um, Marco, the guy who plays Marco, uh, Gustav uh, Gomez. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so he's, like, the Spanish speaker. And and Pollyanna McIntosh is like, see. I didn't see it, but, like, it was just, you could kind of tell there's, like, a there's one's very comfortable. The other one's like, I'm here and I'm happy, but I don't know what's going on. That is so funny. I didn't know when that was a thing, though. Like, I didn't know that they would go down there. this is news for me. I had no idea oh yeah all the fear characters went uh, Danai Garcia was down there um who else was down there uh one other fear character uh sorry fear actor went down there as well and I can't remember who it oh was it Kim Dickens maybe mm-hmm. maybe it was Kim Dickens I don't know mm, could have been Sebastian Sozi too but I don't know um I, I know that it was a thing though more than one person gone down there mm-hmm. and, and, and like did like an interview talk showy it was like a, it was a, like a the dude with the clown hair and stuff I like here I am assuming that you might know <laughs> But mm-hmm. but you were mm-hmm. telling me that like you would watch like um those um uh scary remember that family that family you told me about the Hispanic family that was um watching The Walking Dead and the reactions oh yeah the People's Couch yeah so I thought you might know what this talk show was it's the guy that's dressed up in the clown makeup and stuff oh, no. uh, if you if you yeah, troll if you troll like uh, Denai Garcia's feed you'll you'll see I did I did notice that I, you're right I I don't I'm not really familiar with it though like. 
Latin television is is uh, it's getting a bump. It's been getting a bump for the last like um, I want to say five years though. It's really it's like improved better. in caliber. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because when I was growing up, Latin television was shit. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it right now. Like I mean, telenovelas I was, and all that stuff. Oh god, the worst. Um, there was I, I when I but was now it's like up, really good. Apparently, all those uh, like they've like it, it injected it with steroids. And stuff. <laughs> I mean, good because like when I was growing up, and you know, this is obviously the '80s and '90s, you know, mostly. And I remember, um, you know, my parents, especially because you know I. I am of Latin descent, believe it or not. What? And, okay. Yeah, I know. My my boss actually just like two weeks ago found out I was Dominican. She's like, you're Dominican? Really? I'm like, I've been here for two years. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I'm told. Shocking. I'm told all the time that I don't look or sound like a Dominican, so it's fine. Actually, I went, side note, I went to Chicago for the, a day trip to meet with some contractors, and I think I think the gentleman was from somewhere in the Middle East. And when you were meeting the contractor, the one that I was, yeah, mm-hmm. and he could have, and he was like all insistent and like, where was I from, or whatever? And I was like, I was born and raised in New York, but you know, my parents are you know Dominican, and now I'm in Miami, and you know, he's like, oh no, like you look a lot like people in my area, like I grew up in um, Algeria and Morocco. Oh, um, I get, I, I've gotten a lot of that. I can so. see that Morocco because you have the curly hair. Yes. So, the, and that's what they're known for. Mor- Moroccans, by the way, like, um, really? like they're known for curly hair? the word, the word for, you know, argan oil, the oh, stuff that makes your hair yeah. really curly. Yes, yes, yes. That's, yes, yes. that's from the Arabic word, ar- 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 arganchi, which means curly. So oh, argan, arganchi. Yeah. So yeah, there's a family. <laughs> this is, this is to show you how funny, like, uh, um, Arab last names are maybe because mm-hmm. like you know I'm I just so everybody knows I'm a Syrian Syrian Jew so like I but like everybody getting last names weren't a thing so in the Arab world it's like you're son of this so you're Osama uh, bin Laden or uh, something right uh, okay, Ma- okay. Mohammed bin I- Ibrahim or something like mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but like when last names started getting introduced and it's not really caught too much fire in the in the Arab world okay. but like in the Jewish world like it makes sense so what we would call our last names is like are either a characteristic or um or like a trade thing or what you're known for okay. and so there's this one girl in my class whose name was Jenny Arakanchi and it's really from that word uh, Jenny Arganchi Ar- Ar- or something like that so okay. and argan oil and it's 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 because her family has curly hair that- <laughs> that's <laughs> That's why they're called Arkanshi. Oh my god! And there's so many funny last names. Like there's there's a guy who's named Shimricha, uh-huh. and, it's, and that li- literally means um, it, if you make a little translation, it means man who smells things. <laughs> Or man who who smells, or man who um, yeah, man who smells nice or smell. It could be smell nice, but sometimes Arab language is a little bit practical. So it could be like so when somebody says, oh, you know, it's it smells funny or like it smell it kind of smells like shimriha. So it's like I smell something. Yeah. So the guy's like, yeah. he, so apparently he's his family's perfumery. Like, uh-huh. but if it's translated wrong, it's the guy who smells. <laughs> so, let's go figure. Yeah, but getting back to your thing is like, yeah, I could, I could easily see that. You, you, I can. If if somebody's from that known world, they can easily confuse you for somebody who's Moroccan or Algerian for yeah. sure. You have darker oh, complexion, darker complexion, dark hair, curly hair. Were you? Did but you I, have I, curly hair? No, I had it pulled back in a bun. Ah, okay. So I didn't even have a curly. Hmm. Not even at the oh. ends of the pony or whatever. No. Oh wow. No. Uh-uh. I could see that though. I could see that. But yeah. So I don't even know how we got on that topic. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> Latin television. Ah, uh, yes. Latin and where television. you're from and how that ties uh, in and shitty television yeah. growing up. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, so, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for getting me right back on that track. You're welcome. Yeah. That's so, what I'm here for. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. I missed I missed these tangents. You said you were going to go off tangent before and you didn't so much. And now I'm, Not, I'm, I'm in a good place now. Yeah, I'm on that tangent. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> no, Latin television growing up consisted of, like you said, telenovelas that were just God awful. The most absurd things in the world. I mean, just sort of like, I remember one that was, um, oh God, it would make your head explode. But you know what, would you, but just taking what you know about that versus Mm -hmm. like American soaps, right? No, it's completely different because American soaps go on forever. And they take themselves really seriously. Whereas, do you think Latin, Latin, uh, like... I don't think they take it that seriously. Exactly. But so what do you respect more, right? I respect it more in the sense that I guess they're in on the joke. Yeah. Like, they basically kind of, like, go with the fact that, like, look, come on. I mean, this is absurd. I mean, there's (laughs) one that was, like, I think there was one telenovela called India that was all, like, you know, like, very, um, you know... Yes, actually. Was it really? But, well, to me, because it was like Indian culture, but filmed in Brazil, but oh. dubbed in Spanish. I was like, what kind of mess wow. is this? Like, it was just such a clusterfuck. My mom watches something like that. I mean, it's so absurd. And so, obviously, that's no longer on the air. But, I mean... <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. Because it didn't have the market. <laughs> All telenovelas eventually end. But when I was growing up, it was a lot of telenovelas and there was this one variety show and it was like five hours and it was horrible because, you know, I was young, so I can't control the remote control and I can't, you know, control the TV. And like this show would literally be on Saturday night from 7 p.m. to like midnight or like 1130. It was like the entire night was this awful variety show. It was just like prices right on steroids. Like... (laughs) You oh, know, I'd watch the shit out of that. Like, <laughs> people do. People would. Like, my dad's coworker would watch for the hot women. And, like, <laughs> like but it was so you like, mean like on hormones, I guess. So it's because it's, it's kind of a broad spectrum here. It, but it was like, uh, you know, they would have um, games, uh, contests, uh, uh, interviews, uh, musicians. I mean, it was like they just threw everything in there, just everything. And then it always ended with some sort of competition for a car. Like, and that's always. <laughs> oh, this crap ended but it was just it was so ridiculous and over the top and it just never ended it just kept going and I just remember that as just being torturous to watch so to this day I'm just like oh no I, I can't I was like is that still on please tell me that's no longer on the air and, and especially another considering the culture shift another story, funny story about that it's all all marketing when it comes to things sometimes you know like <laughs> the guy who like hosted this show for like whatever 50 some odd years <laughs> It was this guy named Don Francisco. No, seriously, I think it might Oh, I think I know years. that dude. This is how yeah, ubiquitous no, it is. He's, he's super, like, he's like a major celebrity, you know? And, like, you go... I went to Chile for work one time, and he's practically everywhere, like, framed photos of him as he's wow. in Chile. And, um, but the funny thing is, it's like he was always marketed as Don Francisco, whatever. That's not even his name. They marketed it that way to appeal to, like, Latin culture because it's like, oh, okay, you know, like, everybody... In Latin culture's Don is, like, a sign of respect and, right. uh, and just sort of, like, camaraderie or whatever. And then Francisco, and maybe because his name might have been Francisco, but his real name is Ariel, is actually Mario Kretzenberger. But that doesn't we work, work for Latin culture. 
Yes. Hold up. He's Hold the phone. Chilean Jew, but there's a lot of Chilean, German, and Jewish descent. Oh, yeah. So well, I'm well aware of that. that. Yeah. <laughs> like me. But his, so his, there you go. But his real name is Mario Pretzenberger. But that wow. doesn't work on Latin television. Wow. I'm, I'm so. like, it, it's kind of like when you find out the dude from the Dos Equis commercial is also a Jew. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like the Adam Sandler's and not even like Hispanic like at all. He's like an Ashkenazi Jew. It's really you know weird. I mean? It's 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 all marketing, man. But they they have to appeal to you know the bigger their, their demographic of whatever it is that they're you know appealing towards. You know, wow. it's very interesting. Even like lately, I kind of noticed. Um, and actually, I didn't. I I noticed it more after my friend pointed it out. My one of my good girlfriends. She's you know she's black, and she was saying how. She, she noticed, she pointed out how a lot more commercials now have interracial relationships depicted in terms of like when they show like a family, yep. they'll show like, but the woman is always black and the man is white and oh, not really? the other way. And oh. I started noticing that. Like then when I started, well, I wasn't the Cheerios like, commercial the other way? I don't know. But I like lately, the, like the when I've been was watching black. it, then lately when I've been watching it, it's definitely skewed more towards like the woman being black and the man being white. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, I maybe, did, maybe that's why the Cheerios commercial had such a furore because like people were and you know those people whatever like yeah, yeah. Mm. but uh yeah <laughs> That's, all I have to say. that's the best reaction you can have without getting yeah, too deep. I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. I'm like, mm. maybe that's the reason. Yeah, it's like old stereotypes of like, yeah, I'm trying to take your women and thing at the Jello pudding pop. No, yeah, no. don't. Yeah, no. Let's not go to Bill Cosby. Oh my god, but like short anecdote about that. It's kind of like did did. I'm sorry. Did Bill Cosby single-handedly roll back decades of like prejudice? Oh God! <laughs> single-handedly. Single-handedly. Oh, I, 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 well, one hand had the pudding. But, oh no! In, in my mind, I kind of thought that maybe the whole um, celebrity thing, you know, kind of influenced it, like Serena Williams and her relationship, and you know, the Duchess of Sussex. And, um, mm. you know, I, in my mind, I was like, well, maybe that's why it's like kind of a trend. So maybe that's the reason why, you know, they're just going with like what's in the public eye. So it's like, all right, you know. But, you, but do you think it means more, anything more? Or just, it's just that's what people will gravitate towards. Oh, well, I think they're this just is more to, acceptable. You know, yeah, maybe, mm. maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know what goes into that sort of like marketing kind of thought process. You know, and know. the worst part about that is like half of you know most of my friends, um, well, most of my black friends, they're married to white women, so it's kind of like it doesn't even at least match my reality, you mm-hmm. know, as acceptable or not acceptable racial stereotype. I don't even think about it like that. It just happens to be that it's the other way around yeah, for me. So. Right? I don't even think about it like that in terms. Of I, I I didn't even think about it until you brought it up. So. No, like I don't like that's the thing. It's like I don't notice those things, and I didn't really notice it until my friend brought it up. You know, because mm. I didn't really I don't know. And it might be just ignorance on my part, just not just sort of kind of being like, hey, everybody love each other. You know, like I'm, <laughs> it's, you know, you know what, not. that's, that's kind of a good ignorance to kind of have sometimes because yeah. it's good because then you give, you're coming from a place where you're like, oh, well, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with this. It's like, well, no, it you just know? is what it is, you know. But, and by the yeah. way, commercials have been doing that for years, though. Like, I'm not talking about like in the negative, but like, I think commercials and, and have shaped popular culture, though. They've moved culture because mm-hmm. you're your kids are plopping around that on on cartoon time and yeah. and and you know like ever since star trek it's kind of like this stuff sells like movie
moving into the future where we're all like a better society is kind of like and it does kind of bring you back to the walking dead in a way but like you know star trek the walking dead cooperation where this doesn't even play a factor where your character plays a factor where your motivations play a character you know what you do determines mm-hmm. you know i mean could you imagine yeah. at any point like i don't think at any point did we see like somebody who's unsavory that was black on a show um or at least on the walking dead i'm trying to think like where there was but like now like mm-hmm. and Tanya Pinkins reveled in that role. She leaned in hard. Yeah, so like yeah. that you can play that and it not be like a thing and it be completely like, you know, but like some people would be like, oh, oh, obviously the black woman is a, is a villain or whatever. But like, no, that hasn't been the case on the show. No, no. no. And I've so, always thought The Walking Dead's been very good about being, and, and my friend always- Not tropey about that. Yeah. My friend always joked like, look, when the apocalypse happens and shit hits the fan, like, you know, what, what did she say? She had a specific saying, oh yeah, the apocalypse doesn't discriminate right and it's true like when that happens it's not gonna matter who's black who's white who's asian who's whatever gay lit lesbian straight it's not it's gonna an matter. equalizer yeah it's an equalizer it's kill or yeah. be killed it's yeah you know it, don't trust think- anybody <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think the show's been really good about kind of like showing that, you know. It's an equal opportunity discriminator. <laughs> like everybody's your enemy right now. <laughs> Everybody. It's like, look, this doesn't matter. We're all just human. And yeah. that makes us a target. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a double edged sword. <laughs> so, no. Yeah. Um, there you go. I think that's a so, good note to leave off on, I suppose. Yeah, that was yeah, really good. I think and that so. brought us around. Brought us around. Yeah. Yeah. We'll all from Latin television and all from. Look, look, look up. Sábado Gigante one day. Oh, God. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, I'm sure you have. This thing's been on for like 50 years. Yeah. I I think that was my first... God. I'm, I'm afraid what you're gonna say. <laughs> Erection. Oh God. That I think was that's when first... I came online. <laughs> and that's that's like your first like brush with Latin culture. If that's the case, that's horrible. well. You, I mean, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a horrible example. Horrible example. Oh God! <laughs> oh wait, but then the host is Jewish. This is, it's just like caduceus. It's just eating itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's just, it's just. Oh God! Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad that show's no longer on the air. But I'm so That's glad. It's just so funny that it's, we brought this up. It's funny, but it's just, uh, I'm just so glad that show's no longer in existence. Oh, yeah, is it not? Uh, yeah, I just don't even know. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's not. That's probably like the running, <laughs> longest running show in television. It could have been. Maybe. It could have been. I don't know, but it was on for a very long time. Oh, is he even still alive, um, yeah, Don Francisco? He is. He, is. Feel, he has to be, because if he died, it'd be all over Spanish television. Oh yeah, it'd be like um he's been, he's lying in wait at the exactly. um, yes. like, Chilean uh, Absolutely. Or like Absolutely. they 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 bury his uh, they bury his body in Chile and then they they bury, like like what was his name? Tchaikovsky. I, I forget the the artist. Uh, he they buried his heart in Poland, but like they bury his heart oh. in um what Mexico City, I guess, or something. Really? <laughs> no, but yeah, Tchaikovsky, they buried him in was it France? And then they buried his heart in Poland or something like that? Something like that. I forget who it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be apt for Don Francisco. Mm-hmm. But in a Jewish cemetery, obviously. <laughs> oh, 
the heart, I mean. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, there's another body part I could have said, but it's fine. No, <laughs> we, don't, I'm not going there. Don't, don't go there. I don't know where that'd be buried. Oh, God. Oh, and it's just slimy, dude, there, too. There's so many places I could have gone with that that I won't, but I'm just leaving that he out there. so slimy. So slimy. Uh, it moves culture. He is. He was. He, he is slimy. Yeah, so I've oh, so I've heard. God. I've heard that show, man. Oh man, it, it, and that it's I know about creep. it. <laughs> yeah, the fact that you know about it speaks volumes. Yeah, yeah. L- live long and prosper. <laughs> so gross. Okay. All right, everybody. <laughs> we're, we're leaving you off with with stars and and and, and happy faces and and emojis of laughter. Emojis of laughter and excitement over the next yeah. episode. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this next episode. Same here, same here. And um, I guess with that, everybody, I we'll talk. We'll talk next week at this time and get excited for the next episode. Gigante. It's, it's, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> God, don't do that to me. <laughs> for the next episode, Gigante. Anyways. No, no. Yeah, no. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Uh, I'm not going to bring it up. Nope. (laughs) See you next time. That was enough. (laughs) Bye, guys.